What's new listeners, I'm Arthur Howells, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. This is the first episode of June, so we're kicking off five months on the program. That's right, a whole month of Two Cents Critic breaking down queer content, and on this particular podcast, we're focusing on anything is possible. The 2022 queer coming-of-age rom-com that released on July 22nd last year on Prime Video. Stopping by for this episode is Maggie Gates, one of the co-hosts of the book podcast, Yeah, We Read It. They've been on my show previously with their co-host, Laura Petro, to cover The Midnight Library by Matt Haig and You by Carolyn Kepnes, but they're flying solo today, just two of us here. Happy to have you back, Meg. Yeah, I am so excited to be back. Um, I watched Anything's Possible today. This is my first time seeing it, and I thought it was a lovely little queer movie. So thank you for having me on to talk about it. Yes, yes. I'm excited to dive into it because I had watched this for the first time last year. And... Mm -hmm. It's a it, it, it's a movie that you know I have some I have I have thoughts on it and it, but it has a movie it's a movie that has stuck with me since then so I was keeping it in mind while covering it this year on the podcast so glad to have you on and yeah and and, and for all, and for any of our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with your show do you want to just give a little blurb about it oh sure yeah so my best friend Laura and I. We talk about young adult novels. We just finished our season on John Green novels, and we're starting Jenny Han's The Summer I Turned Pretty next. And we've covered a lot of different ones. We did like Hunger Games and The Uglies and just like a ton. Just reading and enjoying each other. That's about it. We have fun. Good, good, yeah. And, and of course, again, you've, you've been on my show in the past, and even, even I was on your show previously. Mm-hmm. Yes. To, as part of the, the Maze Runner series to break down The Fever Code, one of the, the prequel books, which was a fun yeah, time. Yeah, that was, it was a fun time. That was the the prequel that actually made sense in The Maze Runner. There was one that was like completely a non sequitur, and then there was the one that actually carried on the story. So you joined for the better of the prequels, I would yeah, say. Yeah. <sighs> so again... This is Anything's Possible, and for anyone who doesn't know what the movie's about, I'll read off the premise that I pulled off of Letterboxd for the movie. Anything's Possible is a delightfully modern Gen Z coming-of-age story that follows Tauta, a confident high school girl who is trans as she navigates through senior year. When her classmate, Carl, gets a crush on her, he musters off the courage to ask her out, despite the drama he knows it could cause. What transpires is a romance that showcases the joy, tenderness, and pain of young love. So that's Anything is Possible. This was directed by Billy Porter in his feature directorial mm-hmm. debut. And written by Zemina Garcia-Lexerona, who is also uh, writing, has, has, has written the script for The Kiss List which is an upcoming adaptation of a YA novel of the same name. And like Rona Aww. actually changed the protagonist to be bi in the, in, in the movie. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's really good for modern modern terms. I feel like quite a lot of people are coming to be like, I'm probably bi. I could be fluid. So yeah. that's sweet. Oh, I can't wait for that. Do you know when it's coming out? Uh, I actually looked up, was looking it up, but it's like, it's not really any release date information quite yet it's just very much like it's coming up sometime but we don't exactly know when 
<laughs> but oh, nice. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. And and I should also note that the writer has has first come out as non-binary, and then and mm-hmm. and then came out as a trans woman as well. So it's good. It's good to see queer up like behind the behind the camera for both the director and the uh, screenwriter. And then even for even yeah. even for the actor who plays Kelsa, Ava Rain is trans in real life. Which I mean, obviously, I feel like for a, for a trans character on screen, you want to get a trans actor, especially. Oh yeah, I feel like especially if you're like writing it and you're trans, I feel like you want that kind of representation. Because I mean, I don't know enough about the writer to be like maybe it's a bit of a project hypothesizing on her own existence in high school as a trans or like not fully realized trans individual but I feel like if I was writing a script about high school and it was like queer I would I would try to cast someone who is also maybe non-binary. I did actually see an interview with her where she did say that she actually has, has started writing this uh before she had transitioned so oh okay it, it's it's something that you can tell it you can tell it is very, very personal to her and just her yeah. own journey. So. Oh, yeah. I felt that, like, a lot throughout the movie. I was like, there's a lot of different subplots or, like, a lot of subtext about, like, I could tell, like, maybe, like, reconciling with queer identity that maybe you didn't have the tools to talk about when you were younger, um, which I thought was, like, really cathartic. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I thought it was a blast. Yes. So, and this was actually originally intended for a theatrical release, but Billy Porter had pointed out how the box office challenges for anything non-MCU and anything low budget was a driving factor for putting this on Prime Video, as well as the streaming success of Cinderella, the 2021 movie with Camille Cabello, which Porter had also starred in. And it was just kind of funny. That's a a funny thing to point out, because I was like, wait, was Cinderella really that successful? On Prime Video? I didn't think it was. Were people really serious? Yeah, I didn't think it was either. Because Cinderella had a theatrical release, right? Or was that just a Prime Video? Oh, that was was just Prime Video. It was Camille Cabello and Billy Porter. and Also, the guy who's going to be in Red, White, and Royal Blue was also, I think he was the prince in that movie in Cinderella. Oh, okay. Okay, I know what I was... I was thinking of the Cinderella... God, there's been so many Cinderellas. The one where... Was it Ellie Fanning? No, it wasn't uh, Ellie Fanning. Lily, was it James. Lily James. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the one that I was thinking of. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know there was a Camila Cabello one. Yeah, that was yeah. That, see, even you didn't know, but it was a Prime Video, so yeah. You know. <laughs> that's so <sighs> funny. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the trivia that I have here. Now mm-hmm. let's get into our general thoughts and feelings on anything as possible. So Maggie. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, as you saw on my letterbox review, I really loved Anything is Possible. I thought it was, and maybe it was because of the colors. Um, like I obsessively watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before when it came out on Netflix. Ooh. And I think like the color scheme was so pretty. The soundtrack was so good. And like Noah Santiano, who played Peter Kavinsky, had like such a charm and cadence about him that I haven't seen mirrored in romantic comedies or just like romantic movies in general until this one like I really feel like Khalid Khalid I know that like that was the running bit too was his name and it like yeah, is Khalid is that yeah people people struggle to pronounce his name and it's just like I think I think it's that yeah. but I feel like it's also Shrody like I remember he the way he pronounced it was a Shrody quality to his name 
and it was Khalid, yeah. Khalid or I don't Khalid. Khalid. It was like Khalid. some role on an H. Um, but he had the same charm as like me first watching Peter Kavinsky onto all the boys I've loved before, and I just like I loved it so much. And like I think there's something about there like high school is it's not like the most earnest time. I wouldn't say like when I watch like high school media now or I interact with like books and they're in high school, I'm like, I don't think I was this genuine with my emotions, but there's, there's something really cathartic about watching people be like genuine with their feelings in high school. And I just feel like he was very kind and very sweet. And I really loved that. I loved that in a romantic interest. And then Kelsa was the other, that that was the main yeah, it's protagonist, a, right? Yeah, the lead. I would say, yeah, it's the lead of the story. So it's a trans student and having yeah. to put up with the transphobia around her. Oh, I know. That was like the third act. I think I got an hour in and I was like, and this could just be a, que- a cute queer story and I could just watch this and it could be great because you know in the third act the shoe is going to drop and I'm like, no, no, no. I just want them to date and like that's it and it'd be cute. Um, yeah. I thought... I, and I wrote this in my letterbox review, I really liked watching her journey um, because like as someone who is non-binary and then I realized like I was trans, I am not on hormones or like blockers or HRT or anything like that. But I think there is like carrying yourself with like, you want to talk about gender on your own terms. And then if like people try to rope you in who aren't trans or like who maybe don't question their gender as much, it can be like really frustrating. And it's like a constant push and pull of like, I want to talk about this and I don't have someone to talk about this with. And when people want to talk to me about it, it might be nice to talk about it, but maybe they're not the people I want to talk about it with. So I really liked watching her both crave community and then like deny like a cis community because it's hard to, you know, deal with that and like that constant struggle. So I loved this as a queer film for like a lot of reasons and then the fact that they like didn't call their relationship gay because Khalid um like didn't know if that's what he was yet I was like this is great there was a lot that I feel like you could talk about in terms of like the queer elements they both had and then like didn't necessarily like push in like to the ground because I feel like it would just be touched upon and then not like explain so much that you're like okay I get it it's a queer movie that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on the show for this to offer your thoughts on the movie like this, because I would say uh, my my thoughts on on this movie are a little more critical. I feel like if you, if you've read my views, uh, yeah. I did. Yeah. If you've read my views on that box, you don't talk about it because I do. I, I do. I am partial to the movie, and mm-hmm. it does, that's, that's the reason why it has stuck with me since I saw it last year. I just I do feel like the writing I feel like I feel like the script needed to be polished up. I feel like you can I feel like you can tell that uh, that that Kibona is writing. I feel like for the for, for kind of like the first time here learning the writing waters, and you can I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like parts I feel like the script get, can get messy. For example, to, because the movie starts out as just you know rom com, pretty lighthearted, even though it is you know weaving in the transphobia here and there. I feel like it's pretty it's pretty bubbly for the most part, and I'm having fun just watching watching Kelsa and and Carl just interacting, having fun, and then it gets into the third act, which we know without without getting too spoilery. It's like that third act just 
surprisingly serious. And it's just like, oh, this is a really uh, sharp tonal change here. And I don't think it's handled all that well. I wish it could have been handled more smoothly. Yeah, I do think at like times there were like a bit of maybe we didn't get to spend enough time with each character that like some of the decisions that characters made like M with the third act I was like I don't think M like M to me I felt like was like a progressive person and was just like hurt by a friend who maybe went for the same guy that like she was going for which is very relatable in high school. Dibs does not exist, but in high school, it's like dibs, you know? Yeah, it's like this thing, something like that, maybe. I, I can, yeah, that, that. Or sometimes I feel like the movie offers up some muddled messaging. Like, for, like there's a point where the movie leaves me thinking, wait, is the movie arguing against mass protests being fought for the queer community? And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. think the movie, I don't think the movie is saying that. But there's this moment where I'm like, wait, is the movie saying that? I couldn't tell because of the way it handled a certain scene. And so it just, it felt kind of unpolished in that sense. Yeah, I think I get exactly what you're talking about because it's like, so there's a protest, obviously. I mean, I don't know how much you go into plot on Two Cent, but we'll get into it. We'll get into the protest, but I think it goes back a little bit of what I touched upon, like people speaking on behalf of you and that being a frustrating thing. And I think I had the same, a little bit critique of like, there was always a hole missing in the film. And I think it was like, Kelsa needed to find a community of like, like-minded people. And I feel like she was posting videos on YouTube to talk about her trans experience to like find these people. But I never saw her talking to like her followers who might've been trans. Like I never saw her connecting with another trans character. And since she was already so locked in and not feeling like she could talk to anyone in her life like that, I never, I never got her real feelings on things. I was like, okay, well, like, what do you actually feel on this? Like maybe a blow up moment scene where she like just lays it all on her mom and is like, this is how I feel all the time. Just to like walk people through it. And there was, there was nothing of that. It was like a lot of people speaking for her and me never getting where she was with things. Yeah, see, so something like that. See, that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to point out. And and that being said, like, I do like quite a bit about this movie. I like the chemistry. Like, as you were saying, so much chemistry between the two leads. I like the actors themselves. Just even on their own. They have a lot of charisma. I love Renee Elise Goldsberry playing Kelsey's mom. Because you know, I just you know when I see, when I see her, I also I, I also do think of of Hamilton, and because you know which I also love, and so it's just you know great to see her here. And oh, is she in Hamilton? Yep, she's in Hamilton. Yep, Hamilton. Oh, that's fun. Yes. And even on a She-Hulk, she was also on She-Hulk, so it's good to see her on that show as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you know, a, a lot of charisma here, and. I do like the way, again, without getting spoilery, I like the way that the movie ends mm-hmm. after watching Kelsa and, and, and Carl's relationship. And I like how it, it's an interesting choice the movie makes for their relationship. And I was like, oh, I feel like some movies might not make that choice, might not have the boldness to do that, but I liked it here. And so, you know, lots, yeah. lots, of, lots of things I like about the movie, but again, I just wish... You know, I, I feel like it could be, like, really great for me. Like, I, 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 would, I wish I could give this, you know, like, a four star or even four and a half stars, maybe even five stars, you know? I just put yeah. the script needed more polish. And, you know, and, and that being said, you know, I feel like it's 
that's okay. It's not like it's a bad thing for this to be flawed. Obviously, like, no, because we're in a, st- we're in a period now where one more queer movies are coming out. And obviously, it's not like every queer movie can be great. Some can, some you know, might be bad. Some might be mediocre. Some might be pretty yeah. good but flawed. And some might, and some might be fantastic. You know, it's gonna be a whole range of, of quality across the movies as more and more can come out for cinema. So, oh, of course, and I mean that's like perfect too. You know, it, it's like cis straight people have had so much of a cushion to like try and fail and make absolute duds that I think like gay people just kind of like there's so much pressure of like you we only have this one movie and it better be perfect and it's yeah. like maybe we just need our dud era yeah, i think just, we deserve our dud era like we can make duds yeah just encourage <laughs> more room for that because and just and more room for creatives as well especially for queer creatives to come in and just to have their flops or have their maybe you know likable but also flawed projects as well just you know that's what we're fighting for for the equality and the and this yeah. room. Because I think there's, like, so much pressure on um, queer shoulders of being perfect. Like, you know, you got to have the perfect coming out story. It's, like, the same as, like, a marriage proposal. It's, like, will this go viral online? Will, like, my parents really accept it? Everything has to be perfect. And especially in art, if it's, like, you have to make a perfect product, you're never going to put out the product. It's impossible. Yeah. Perfection. So, it's just, yeah, it's just, you, you're trying to strive for it, but it's just, you can't reach it. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... And, and also, also notable that not only is this a rom-com that stars a trans lead, which is like, we st- it's still very hard, like, we still don't have much of that happening these days, but mm-hmm. also it's a, it's a black trans woman as well. And mm-hmm. which is also like, again, not something that you see a whole lot of in this current era, so we'd love to have more of that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It, it, I... I think in terms of representation, too, it was, like, just a great mixing pot across the board. Um, And I think, you know, I think it handled things very seamlessly in that, like, it didn't always touch upon, like, this. It it just lived, you know? It just, like, lived in a world where it was, like, this is what it is and we don't have to explain it too much. You're just going to, like, come along for the journey and deal with the problems that come up as they come up. So. Yes, yes. I forgot to note earlier that the budget for this movie was $10 million, which is quite fitting for a rom-com. I feel like, you know what, compared yeah. to the, you know, $100 million budgeted movies or the $200 million budgeted movies, you know, $10 million is perfect for a rom-com. And no, yeah. no, no box office listed, though, because, because obviously, you know, this was a prime video movie. There's no box office listed. Did this get like a lot of positive press, or like did a lot of people watch it? Because I hadn't hear- heard about it I don't, until I don't think you so. It up. I don't think so because I, again, I watched it last year, and then even since then, like I have barely heard any talk about this movie. I feel like it just came out and it just kind of slid on, slipped under the radar. Yeah. Which is, oh man. Which is a shame. It is. But that's why, you know, that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to cover it on the show. Because I'm like, hey, let's, you know, let's give us a bit more attention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you've given our general thoughts and feelings on the movie. So now let's give our wind-up scores. Now this is a score that ranges from 0 to 100. So, Maggie, your wind-up score. My wind-up score on this movie. Well, okay, I'm trying to think. The first hour really had me... Um, like, I was smiling nonstop. I feel like the third act, 
I mean, it was like heavier things. And I think that it dealt with it in a way that felt very realistic to life. But then also I was like, okay, I'm watching a movie. Some of these things I don't think would happen. With that being said, I kind of want to give it an 84. Maybe maybe an 87. I don't know. I feel like I want to rate it highly because, I mean, I think I had a really good time. My girlfriend and I were watching it. We were both like, this is a really cute movie. How have we not heard of this? Um, And I think, I mean, if it's like a Gen Z romance, I think it really caught um, Gen Z well because like Gen Z is such a mixing pot, is like so diverse. I think there's not really like the labels early 2000s, 2010s kids were like, defined by being held back by and like I think brand awareness was such a big thing that like also caused a lot of classism and I think that it perfectly like encapsulated the idea of like now there's um kind of like wokeness to measure each other by instead of like what you're wearing and things like that it's like how woke you are and um I kind of like felt that in this movie of watching that I was like oh you know this isn't what I'm going through because I'm not in high school right now But I can see that being like, you want to do so well that now it's like you're tokenizing people in another way. And I think they really captured a lot of what I can imagine high school is like for teenagers right now. Um, So I'll give it an 87. I thought it was good. There were moments that made me really laugh. Yes, yeah. The colors. I loved the colors. I loved the outfits. I loved everything Kelsa wore. They were so cute. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, visually this was actually yeah, this was quite gorgeous to watch. Yeah, it was just fashion choices and mm-hmm. even even just Chris, Chris's hair. Love seeing your hair on screen too. Oh my gosh, I know it was so cute. She'd like pin up two sides of it and do like little pigtails and then also leave it curly and it was just oh my god, it was so adorable. <laughs> oh, so that's that's your wind up score. Yeah. Now for me, I'm I'm gonna land on a six 65 out of 100 and okay. again i still like i like i like this movie quite a bit it's just that i have to also like i feel like i, I can be also pretty critical towards movies and so i'm just you know i'm taking into account my issues with the script and i really wish it could have been more polished up and if it had been more polished up if, it, if the tonal change hadn't felt so abrupt if it had just been more cleanly like you know tidy out the messaging and such i would have mm-hmm. i would have given us an even higher score but 65 i'm gonna land on that that being said it's kind of 65 but i'm like hey you know i have my issues but i would still say go watch the movie it's worth seeing still and i wish that more people would watch it i also see i kind of also feel like it slipped under the radar because i feel like amazon wasn't really promoting it that hard Maybe because mm. of the queerness and it does start a black trans lead, a, a, yeah. a black a black trans uh, woman specifically, and I feel like that definitely makes it the kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is a little harder to market to people, and it's, it's yeah, it's, just, it's frustrating because I also look at something like Fire Island on Hulu, which was mm-hmm. much more widespread and mu- a lot more people were watching that. Also, I should say it's one of my it was one of my favorite movies of. Of that year of 2022 but that was yeah. that was promoted more you saw more people talk about that a lot, a lot more on social media that got more attention and it's just like oh but i want also this to get attention as well but again it's because of the way to just handle the trans, trans identity the intersectional aspect of that i feel like that makes it more like oh let's cloak this a bit maybe 
with some writing. And it's just also, mm-hmm. watching certain scenes in this was like really, uh, it was like, oh, this still remains so damn relevant, especially in, in today's world where transphobia is just washing across the U.S. Yeah, seriously. <sighs> It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And it's like I know. And I keep seeing TikToks on my F- on my FYP that are like, oh, this is like a, a genocide coming up, and and people comparing this to the Holocaust, and it's like, hey, what is happening in this world? I know it's so crazy. Like Ron DeSantis is the devil. <sighs> if he runs, if I mean now we're now I'm getting on a side tangent, but if he runs in like 2024, I. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. He, he is running, though. He is. If he gets that, that nomination, that's just not going to be good. He is Trump. I know. I just, like, I feel like, I mean, like, I think it's, it's like, a really hard thing to uh, watch unfold. I, obviously, I think I have a degree of um, privilege because I am very cis-looking um, that a lot of my trans friends don't. And... I mean, it just like it just sucks to watch it unfold, and then also how it's like going to impact art in the future, and like, yeah, I mean, just like all of this censorship laws, it's, it's just like the book ban. I know it's like all that crap. This is the book bans. So uh, they're insane. It's dystopian. I know because it's like those are like tools that people need to use to like learn the language for when they come out. It's like. You're not going to suppress the information. You're just going to suppress the person, you know? Yeah, but that's what they want. They want to suppress the person. They want to commit, you know, they, they want to wipe out the existence of, of trans people and also queer people in general, but also trans people specifically. It's like... I know. Yeah. It is crazy. All of the, like, I don't know, the, like, gender-affirming bands are... They're pretty, they're pretty nuts. I mean, I think yeah. that's interesting, too. I talked to you about this before. I came on, but like I recently moved to the South. I don't, I've been here three weeks. I don't really know people's thoughts or feelings on things. I'm in Atlanta, which is a huge queer metropolitan hub. But I mean, the general feeling in the air when you go to queer spaces in the South is like panic, <laughs> which really sucks. Um, oh, dear. It really sucks how scared everyone feels or like is. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was curious um, to like see if like more people were like, like an influx of like queer trans transplants were like coming to Atlanta. I was going to try to report on it. I don't really have time, but I feel like it's, it's definitely like a city for people to flee to and find community. All right. Um, All right. That's, that's good to hear. So. That's good to hear. I don't, I guess. listen, I don't know. I don't know what the next few years are going to, I don't know what they're going to be, yeah. but that's why we need more Billy Porter executive produced trans films. That's why we need it. Yes. Yes. And directed, again, he directed the movie too. Again, his directorial debut for a movie. So, Oh, good for him. Yeah. All right, well, we've given our wind-up scores for Anything's Possible. So now we can head into the plot breakdown. Spoilers coming up ahead. So listeners, if you have not seen the movie, I recommend you go watch it. And, you know, and then maybe you can come back to the podcast, listen to us. Or if you have seen it, or if you haven't, but you're okay with spoilers, you want to stick around, then you can just stay right here. And... Nice. Alright, anything's possible. Uh, we open on Kelsa, Kelsa Reynolds, who is a trans YouTuber and high schooler, as she is putting up this video, just listing off her favorite animals. 
like the pink fairy armadillo and the blue-footed booby, the the Beyonce fly, the, the blobfish, and creating the unique quantities that helps that helps them survive. And right away, I was like, oh yeah, this sets the mood for like the cheekiness of the rom com. This is the rom com right here. Oh yeah, I always love the trope of like um, having it like the teenager has a niche interest, and I love that it was like animals she was obsessed with, um, yeah. and like comparing her like friends to animals, she was like. Chris, I think Chris was her like friend with the blue hair. She was yes. like, Chris would be a honey badger. And then I don't remember what M was, but I don't I love that. I don't either, but okay, yes. Chris uh Chris as a honey badger, yes, that is appropriate. Very much appropriate. If you if you have looked up honey badgers and just how ferocious they can be. Yeah. That's a fierce friend. That's good. You need loyalty. Yes. And oh and and her mom, Celine, who is who she is played by uh, when I at least bought very uh compares her to an elephant and and says like, Oh, she's very extra. Yeah, she did. That was sweet. Oh, and it, I think like she really like goes into um defining their relationship as you can tell that they're very close early on, um, because they will they I think they sit down for like breakfast is like one of the first scenes and it, uh, it, she's asking yeah. her a lot of questions about her life. And even like we're pointing out her her, her boa as well. She pointed out Kelsa's boa. Yeah. And it's like little like, little cute moments. Although I will say like you know I I love the dynamics and mother daughter dynamic, but holy crap the like the argument they have later on in the movie I, I we'll, we'll get up to that, but I will just say right now, it's like, oh my god, I, I forgot that argument took place, and it just made me tense up physically so much. And that was kind of like the point where it's like, oh, the tone for this is shifting so sharply. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll get up to that. <laughs> oh, and then also in this opening, we introduce Carl or, or Khalid Zwabi. And his family, and I will say I like I actually like the dynamics, the family dynamic as well. It's actually it's actually pretty cute, and yeah, it is really cute. Even as the parents, the, the, the parents are so strict, and then sometimes so awkward, and how they regard queerness, and it's kind of like it's also like kind of like it feels real, like kind of like oh, I can see parents acting like this, while also truly loving their son. Oh, yeah, for sure. They are definitely, like, the parents who were, like, overbearing and then being, like, like, I could tell they just wanted the best for him and then didn't really know how to express it, how, like, the best for him met up with their already predetermined, like, ideals about the world and, like, how it's very, like, straightforward. I, it was, it was very relatable. I think that I, his parents reminded me quite a bit of my own. <laughs> yeah. So. <sighs> And and then also the actor who plays Carl, uh, Abu Bakir Ali, is it, it, uh, quite shocking. I'm hoping I'll, I'm hoping we'll see him pop up a bit more, both him and Evervain, because they're again quite charismatic. So I hope we you know see them pop up in more movies in the future. Oh, I thought they were so cute. He's got to be in more rom coms. He is adorable. He's an adorable little guy. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. <gasps> And then we go to art class, where Kausa and Carl are assigned to do portraits of each other. And, and Carl is like doing this little like pink, almost like a pink, I don't know, like pop art looking piece with these bursts of color for, for her portrait. 
It was incredible. It looked like those, um, do you remember those like cups from the 90s that were like white and then they had like blue and purple sprinkled on them? I don't know how to describe it. I don't, I don't, I can't recall these, these cups. I don't know what they were called, but it reminded me of that. It was like so pop art and it kind of looked like confetti. Like he made her out of like Mm. small confetti. I was like, oh, cute. And and we also learned that apparently last year there's this whole thing where he had, where he had to pop his friends like pottery soccer ball because it's like oh and it's like oh he's so kind and thoughtful and he knew it would have blown up it would have blown up otherwise so he took care of that and kind of like the movie's making sure that we know like oh he he's a good guy you know yeah they're like he he hates being called a nice guy but that's like um what she says she's like you're a really nice guy because she brings up the soccer ball and putting a hole in it so it didn't blow up the kiln and then also he immediately is just like do you want this portrait of you that's like beautiful um to take home and i would be like absolutely uh yeah you don't want to keep it for yourself like you worked really hard on this and then, and then meanwhile her portrait for him wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even finished so it was like it was it was so bad his mouth was like in the middle of his face it, it, it looked like it needed more done it needed more work done on it oh for sure yeah and and then and then afterwards this is when Kalta says that she's like she, she's like oh I want to be like my girl the feral cuttlefish oh was that her favorite animal the cuttlefish uh not at the end at the end, okay. they change, uh, she changes it to the to the bird. I forgot the name of it, but I have it in the notes. But for nice. here, it's it's the feral cuttlefish. It's a whole lot of animals. Cute. And then she comes home, and her mom is helping her with getting into college and kind of like training her the you know the, the questions you know trapping her, and, and and this is kind of like where we introduce Kalsa, kind of like b- being. Uh, being defensive about her identity and kind of like being very shielded because there's 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 kind of like this whole thing with her mom being like, hey, you know, maybe you could, you know, say like, oh, ha- say be like, oh, it was it was it's brave of uh, of you to you know be trans, be out in the world like that, and Kalisa is like, I don't want to get into the college just because I'm trans. And then her mom is like, you could maybe write about dad, maybe write about dad. So that's like our first indicator that yeah. something went down there we don't know what it is and and even later like we do we do bring up the dad more but we but i think well they even say it explicitly like kind of like it is just the mom and the dad just there, there are multiple reasons why they divorced and mm-hmm. it was just a whole bunch of you know it was just apparently a whole messy relationship but it wasn't related to Kelsa. even the mom like says that explicitly later on yeah which is really good. That was great for, of her to very explicitly say. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, even with the college essay, we, like you said, I mean, she doesn't want to, like, talk about her trans identity. She yeah. is so much more than just that. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, and she doesn't want to feel like she's, you know, moving through life purely because of that. And just, like, yeah, very protective of herself, not wanting extra help with that. And we see it pop up later on as well. It, it is a... A whole like, which again, I feel I could have been more part of stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, it's very important here. She does say that she wants to go to either Los Angeles or New York because she wants to go where people do not know who she is. Yeah, she's a big high school stereotype of like, I gotta go to the big city. I gotta reinvent myself where no one knows where I am. Yeah. Which 
and, love it. And, and also for herself, and she she could pass as this if she wanted to as well. And that's also one mm-hmm. thing to note. Yeah, yeah, because she does. She has a YouTube video where she kind of like talks about that, where it's like that internal battle of like, well, I want to go to this place that would be far away because then people won't know. But then also, am I denying a part of myself yes. if like people don't know who I am? Which I I loved getting tidbits. Yes. That was like the only time we really got to know her was seeing the tidbits of her YouTube. I, I really videos. I really appreciated that that specific moment. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, giving an insight into how she's feeling, into her soul. Yeah. And, but, you know, some more of that would be nice. Mm-hmm. For sure. Then we go to Carl, who is on Reddit, answering relationship questions as Cornbread lives. And I thought that was so cute. It was like, like... I really like to LARP. How do I tell my girlfriend that I like to like dress up as an elf and run around? And then like Cal would give these really thoughtful responses and answers to complete strangers. I know. I'm like, oh my, oh my God, Carl, you seem, you seem so much more emotionally in tune with yourself than a lot of guys your age. I know. He was just so nice. He was willing to th- he was willing to throw down for these strangers online. I know. And and I I, I will say though, he's on Reddit and sometimes there were there were moments where I'm like, wait, the way people are responding to your when you ask for advice later on in regards to your relationship with Kelsa, I'm like, this feels like too kind on Reddit. There are too many people who are just being so kind. I don't know. Unless I'm, oh, unless I'm yeah. unaware of spaces on Reddit where actually it is that thoughtful, but I'm like, I don't know. I haven't gone on Reddit, so. I think people are really mean on Reddit. I was in, like, Catholicism Reddit because I've started writing essays, and there's, like, one Bible verse that is so queer, and I was like, can someone help me find this? And they gave me the Bible verse, which was nice, but then they blocked me because they were like, you're promoting homophobia. And I was like, no, I am not. Listen, I'm not the one who wrote the Bible and talked about, like, David from David and Goliath, like, falling to his knees, crying and hugging his guy best friend because his guy best friend's dad hated him and their relationship. That's gay. Like, I don't, I didn't write the Bible. I didn't decide that. So I will say, yes, Reddit is very homophobic. And the people were being very nice to Cal on yeah. his comments. Yeah. And he, it was crazy. That's why I kind of, I don't know, I, I almost feel like maybe it would have been better to, well, I can't know, maybe more plausible to have maybe like maybe have this happen on discord because i know like if you go to a specific like discord community because i i i've been on discord for a while now and if you go into if you go into certain, certain communities and you make sense to people then you can find a safe space to maybe voice these opinions give these questions and be like okay you know and then bring in more of the more of the humanity there the benevolence mm-hmm. On Discord yeah. specifically. Again, such communities that you trust. Not all Discord communities, because I know t- Discord can get plenty toxic in some servers. But the, Yeah, but some. Some are good. The ones you trust. So. Yeah. So, yeah, he's on, he's on Reddit. We all, this is also when we meet uh, his friend Otis, who, you know, <laughs> it's like, I remember when I remember watching the first movie, and I was like, oh no, Otis, you're going down the wrong path here. And then watching this movie again, and it's like, oh no, still going down the wrong path. And even even the way he's introduced, it's like, I, there's, a, there's a, even a moment where it's like he, he uses the term gay in a negative sense. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so gay. And it's like, oh no. When, you, when he does that, it's like, oh no, that's, that's not good. I know. I was like, this is like 2007 all over again. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like, I mean, there's still, 
I think that still exists in like young people. I feel like th- that sentiment can still exist on like Fortnite. You don't think guys are saying that on Fortnite? Oh, for sure. They have to Definitely. be. Definitely. Okay. Oh, and online gaming, like I haven't participated in online gaming, but from what I hear from the, the snippets I've heard of online gaming or when I hear TikToks or stuff like that, what life of the world, it's like, oh damn. This can get quite uh, quite big today. It's so casually. Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like someone putting their username as something for shock value. <laughs> it'll never go away. That will never go away. No matter yeah. how progressive we get as a society. Yeah, but even you saying like, oh, it's so 2007. I mean, for I mean, for God's sake. I mean, even on Study Rock, that was like a whole bit of Liz Lemon saying like, oh, that's so gay, and it's just like that was a whole guy on the show. Yeah, it's crazy. I think that's like the maybe the first introduction we get to Otis because I know that when like Cal is posting on Reddit, he's also like considering what it would be like to come out to his friends. Yes, I, or not come out, just even say that he was dating her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's right now scene because I remember Otis is playing the video games, and then I think it's, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it happens right now scene, or at least around it, if not in that scene specifically. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're introduced to Otis in that way very specifically. Yes. <gasps> Mm-hmm. And then I call and Otis have dinner with Carl's family, the dad, the mom, and also the brother, Arwen, who Arwen is also quite amusing. On all he alone. is so funny. He has like grease lightning hair. He's got the grease 1950s hair. I, I was like, that's not a thing. Is that coming back? Is that what the new fashion trend is for like the youth is to make their, their hair stick up like a brick? I don't know. He was, he had a look and he was pulling it off in this movie. <laughs> he really was, yeah. And and even uh they have this whole they have this whole uh discussion about like you know studying poetry like maybe that's something that Carl would consider. And then there's even this whole moment where the dad assumes that poetry is easy to do and he's just like oh look I can do it and he's like I grab a bite to eat my shoes are on my feet and then. And then, and then Otis at the dinner compliments him and he was like, was like, hey, Mr. Z, that was good. And then the dad replies, Z snaps, Z snaps. Yeah, I do love him. Oh my gosh, when he was talking about like, they're like, remember what happened to your cousin? Like he didn't apply to college fast enough and now he's studying poetry. I laughed really hard at that because I studied English <laughs> and journalism. Um, so yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and just, and, and yeah, and Carl is trying to figure out, you know, Carl is trying to figure out what to do, you know, in, in college, you know, for it, it's coming up, and he's trying to just figure out the plan, and 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 the, the, the dad, the dad specifically, because I remember the, the dad is the one who had, so he was like these, you know, these snacks, and he had quite a few funny moments as well in the movie. Yeah, yeah, the dad did. Yeah. I loved his mom, loved his mom, and, mom. and his dad was yeah. like so stern and so confused all the time. He <laughs> he was really endearing. Yes. <sighs> But yeah, you know, Carl is, you know, because Carl's plan is like, oh, he might study, he, he's supposed to study economics, but he's thinking of maybe like, oh, you know, doing a whole transfer and going to the Pittsburgh Technical College and, you know, maybe, maybe he'll transfer, maybe he won't. And he, and he also has not written this essay yet. Yes, he is not. It seems like everyone's essay is just, what does brave mean to you? <laughs> It seemed like that was everyone's college essay. Yes, yes. To, to, to courage, to pursue life, to live your life the way you want to. Yeah, yeah. And it was also funny when the dad was, saw that 
Carl was the one who saved a woman from drowning, but but he was like, no, that was Alwyn. Yeah, he because Cal kept being like, I don't have any life experience, and he was like, well, you saved someone from drowning, and then he also says because the whole family's Muslim, they went to um some tell I don't know some somewhere over in India, I think that was like tell home. They were like, you could write about like that, or you could write about the drowning woman, and he's like, I don't have either of those. That was one of them was me, but not gonna write about that. And then Carl goes to his room and is procrastinating by looking up stuff about Kelsa and finding out like her name means brave. So then that's another you know brave beat in in a movie. And I know, right? I didn't put that together. That's so funny. I know. Aw, that's sweet. Yes. And then he looks up her videos and is you know, absorbing what she's saying about, you know, generating her transitioning. Uh, the whole, the, there's a whole joke where she's, like, supposed to talk about being trans, and I love how it's, like, it's a whole joke about her, like, you know, it's repeating, it's repeating her saying that she's trans, and then it's got, like, the shadowed glass and the screaming and the red stamp slapped across the screen. And just, like, that whole joke was, like, it was over the top, and it was funny. I was about to make a very um, specific observation on, like, Cal's character in that moment because I didn't understand that she had edited the video. I thought she said she was trans, and then, like, his whole oh. world shattered, and I was about to be so mad. <laughs> Oh, but then you figure out it's like edited in her video, and I was like, "Oh, okay, it, it, thank God." She's doing, she's doing. I had my Twitter out. I was gonna cancel. I was like, mm. "No, but no, okay. no, he's not deterred." You know what? I, I that reminds me when I that reminds me of when I first saw the movie last year, and when that came up, I was like, I was momentarily confused for a moment. I was like, "Wait, is this in his mind?" Like you said, but no, it, she she edited it, and like she she's purposely doing it as a joke to make fun of this, you know, this panic. Yeah, the chance panic, but so and it's 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 funny too. It's 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 funny. Again, once you know, oh, it's edited as part of the Once you know, yeah. Once you knew, (laughs) yeah. And Kalisa's like, you know, I don't need to date. You know, I don't, I don't. Maybe I don't need to have romance in my life. And I could go south to college. You know, like we were saying before, but that means nobody would know my true self. Which you know, it's like that. That's thing you're always weighing. You know, that is you know a real life issue. If you come out to someone, even if you trust them, you don't know. Because you don't know what could happen. It's always that situation where it's like, you don't know what could happen. Yeah, I think she described it as like, there's either the despair of knowing um, they don't know who you are fully or the despair of like rejection. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what it is, which I think is like, yeah, a big deal. I mean, and she stresses a lot in her videos that like not everything is about gender. But I think in relationships, like I feel like, you know, if someone misuses your pronouns, it's like, that's that's your partner, you know? Yeah. That's, like, your home. Yeah. And that would be, like, shattering. Because then I think I read once, like, a tweet that was, like, like, if you're with someone who is, like, of the opposite sex or, like, maybe you present in, like, a hetero relationship and, and you're trans or non-binary, like, if they even, like, misuse your pronouns once, you'll always know that that's how they see you in your head. And I feel like that would drive me crazy, mm. which... I think, I mean, I don't know if that's what Kelsa feels. Maybe I'm just projecting. But I think that she was talking about in the dating video. She was like, I mean, you know, she's like, I don't want to do it because it's either I'm going to get rejected or I'd like never have to say who I am. And yeah. there's a lot of nuance in between that. So, yeah. and I, I, so, and even 
so I do feel like she's trying to push back and be like, not everything is about gender. Like, I don't want to deal with gender all the time. I do wonder yeah. if maybe the movie could have sharpened the message more about trying to fight back against gender taking over your life, but also recognizing that, unfortunately, gender is a huge aspect of life. Like, it is so important, unfortunately. And the way that people interact with each other and just societal concepts and the way that people who people who hate the queer community also have their own feelings on gender and how that does have a significant impact on the world. I kind of feel like the movie could have sharpened its sharpened its its themes on that specific idea more. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, because it feels like like she knew that people were gonna talk about her gender regardless. And that was exhausting. So she didn't want to be in the discourse. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there was never a scene that like, yeah, I, I never got like her feeling pent up about it or like have to grapple, her grapple feelings. More. Just grapple with the idea more. I don't, like, I'm not asking the movie to give me a clean answer. I don't think you can give a clean answer, but just, you know, present the meat, the meat for the questions to be asked. I don't know if it fully achieved that. Yeah, I agree. And then we cut to school, go to the cafeteria, where Kelsa, Chris, and Em are talking. And in this scene, we learn that Em is crushing on Carl. And Kelsa ends up getting roped into passing off this note from Em to Carl. And it's so awkward to watch. It is, oh my gosh, she's like so frustrated because her friend got it first, which... I don't know, maybe with open communication, you can be like, we both like him. But also it's high school. People are catty. I don't know. And M gives Kelsa this note to give call that says like, you're cute. And Kelsa just throws it at him. She's like, hi, call. Just throws it at him walking by. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just so, yeah. It's a little cringy to watch. And okay, so also the way that the scene builds up to that point was was M being like, oh hey, let's use this whole game where first answer story is the person you're thirstiest for, and so that's how we get up to that. And I, when I saw that, I was like, what do pe- do teenagers do this? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my Instagram. I mean, I guess it would be who you interact with the most, whose stories come up. I feel like my partner's comes up the most. Um, okay. But I mean, maybe maybe that's the way. Like, I mean, we had, or maybe not we. I had Snapchat, which was like you could tell if you like someone because you'd have the streak going on. So maybe that's their new Snapchat is to Interesting. see. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I've, who they like? I've never had Snapchat, so I, I always hear about it. I know people who use it, but I've never had it. You don't need it. You do not need it. It's the most useless app. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm dealing with enough crap on Twitter and Instagram, and then now TikTok after running that a few months ago to try to post stuff about movies and books and TV shows. I just, you know, widen my platform, and I absorb a whole bunch of new content on tiktok oh my gosh i know i just deleted instagram and i feel so much better i haven't had it you know for what? like two weeks you know what that's, it's great that's a, that's a good choice i'll like go on it on my desktop or like internet browser on phone but i'm like it's i've made it so hard to get to the app that i just don't use it and it's great so i'll never know who i think is hottest in my high school because i don't i'm not on it oh, i don't know see? yeah cleanse away the toxicity of social media exactly yes and then that night, uh, Carl and Kelsa are DMing for a bit, you know, clearly flirting, you know, just, just a bit, you can tell. Oh yeah, she calls him cute. Yes, yes. Very cute. And then back to our class, uh, this is when uh, Kelsa 
does say, like, oh, you know, she hates it when she's called brave. Again, going back to the whole point of, you know, the brave. And she, but she doesn't want to be known for that specifically. And because she, mm-hmm. she, she says specifically here, it comes off as patronizing. As, like, oh, like, you know, like, like, cis, like cis people being, like, you know, almost being, like, self, self-congratulatory, I remember she puts it. Like, oh, you know, you're doing so well. You're being so brave, so courageous. And it makes them, and it makes cis people feel good about themselves. Like, oh, somehow they contributed to this trans person feeling safe. Like, feeling powerful enough to be able to be open about their identity. Which is a, you know, I can, I can understand that definitely. I feel like that was an interesting point to make about, you know, like, cis saviors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think she also brings that up too as another reason she doesn't want to date in her YouTube video that she posted was um she doesn't want to feel like anyone's dating her or being friends with her just to win woke points. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then Kalita says that she wants to study that she wants to study zoology and then be a nature cinematographer. And which is I, I like that. It's a very specific uh profession to aim for. And I know. I love that. Focus on animals. And then they also watch a couple of students flirt off the side, which is cute too. And the way they're talking about them, like they're out in nature, watching, watching like animals perform their courtship displays. Yeah, Cal had his his whole like like Nat Geo documentary voice on, where he's like, "And here we see the male and the female in the wild." And I was like, "Oh, this is so cringe. I love it. It's like high school cringe humor, and I'm, it was so adorable." I mean, see, it's see, it, it's fitting. It's fitting for the tone of this movie for the first, you know, for the first two acts at least, until we head into the third act. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And then back to Reddit. With Carl asking, hey, you know, what should I do with Kauta? And then Kauta is also dealing with her own feelings over him, too. It's even funny also when he gets a snippet of the two of them in class and he takes a bite out of that teacher sandwich in our class. Oh, yeah, he dares her to go take a bite of the sandwich. And it's, it's ugh, such cute flirting back and forth. It is. It really is. Oh, okay, so apparently in my notes here, it says here, this is when Otis says, like, oh, that's so gay. Which... It says here, yeah. okay, so, okay, so I guess it happens here. Because that's when he's posting on Reddit and he's, like, nervous about, like, when he's posting on Reddit, he's like, what if I, like, want to date a trans woman is, like, a little bit okay. of what he's saying. And then he's, like, thinking of how people would respond in his life. And he's like, not that it's a bad thing to want to date a trans woman. Like, I'm obviously attracted to her, but, like, I don't know how that'll play out with my family. You know, they have kind of outdated standards. And then his huh? friend, you know, Otis, and, and- that that's so gay. Flash. And yeah, because and he's like, oh yeah, I don't, feel, I don't, I don't, can't exactly confide in him about this situation. And and then and then Arwen has been sneaking onto Carl's tablet, so he knows about his crush, and he's been looking at his browser history. And even as that joke about the porn, like you know, the porn, looking up the porn is like just amusing. I know Arwen turns out to be like the best gasser upper because he's like. Listen, just give her flowers. That's yes. all he says. He just comes in. Like, he doesn't care. He's read it. And he's like, also delete your browsing history. He's like, stop being a pussy. Give her flowers. And I loved Arwen. He was the best hype man. He was such an ally. What yes. an ally to his brother. Yes. <gasps> I feel like, I, I, I'm glad. I feel like the movie could have gone down a different route of making him annoying. Or, you know, making him just, you know, maybe someone who's a transphobic or, you know, something like that. I don't know. But I feel like, you know, I like the way that the movie portrays his brother and his family in general as well. You know. I do too. And I love the idea of, like, 
oh, you think ge- this generation, Gen Z, is open? Like, wait till the next generation. Because his little brother didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't yes, care. Yes. And then we go back to school. We're just, we're just we're doing class. And Chris overhears Carl telling Otis that he got the flowers for M. But she was just lying. He was just saying that to brush off his friends. So now Em and Chris are texting away about this the miscommunication while Carter is reciting her essay. And I know. Ugh. Can you imagine the anxiety? You're like seeing that unfold and you're talking in front of the whole class? That would suck. Uh, no, no, no. <sighs> and then and then Carl heads to the bathroom and is video chatting with Arwen for help. And his green hat amuses me. And also, Arwen is just sitting there with a couple of girlfriends by his side. Yeah, he's a polyamorous king. He, like, he picks up... Oh, my gosh, it was such a funny interaction because he picks up this FaceTime in class and his teacher is like, get off your phone. And he's like, it's a calculator. I'm using it for math. And he's like, this is language arts. That made me laugh so hard. Oh, my gosh. And even... And, and and then even when uh when, I I love even when I, when he hang when he has to hang up and he, and Arwen is like your generation is so resistant to, to technology and teacher is like I'm twenty five. That was so funny. Oh my god. Uh, and okay, so over over the video chat, Carl was asking, "Hey, should I give the flowers to M or give them to Kelsa?" And so Arwen, with Arwen's advice, uh, he summons up the courage. To give the flowers to Kelsa in front of M and Chris. He did it in the worst way. Yeah, I, when, I, when that happened, I was like, you couldn't have found a different time to, you know, covertly hand, it to, hand the flowers to Kelsa. Yeah, or like, why not, I don't know, put them on top of her locker or something with a note. Like, I don't know, you could have done anything other than go up to her in the cafeteria in front of everyone with her two best friends. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. And then right after this is when Otis uh, misgenders Kelsa, when he, because he goes up to, to, to call and just misgenders her, and I'm just like, ooh, yeah, this happens, oh no. I... I felt like, I mean, if that was going to be like the plot, the third act, and it was going to be heavy because every third act is heavy, I kind of thought it was going to be their friendship because he misgenders Kelsa and then he also is like, does this mean you're gay? And like keeps pushing him and like Cal's just like, no, like constantly like, no, point blank. Because um, I mean, it doesn't have to be unless it's like, I mean, your sexuality might not like, sexuality and gender, they're all fluid. Like it could, he could be straight and just be There's dating only, a trans woman. It's, the, it's they're a woman. Yeah, but that's the thing is, I, a trans woman is a real woman, and I, and so yeah. it's just like you can't be straight or say like you know say you can be a man who's just who's just into women, and you can also date a, a trans woman and find her attractive, and that does fall into being straight because again, a trans woman is a is a real woman. Same goes for a trans man being a real man, and also I mean you know this is. Also, the typical thing of like, oh, you know, you know, are you gay if you date someone who's trans? And there's so much, you know, negative weight behind that. And also, it's like, oh, the implication is that being gay is bad. But yes, I feel like this all the time. Like in the discourse of like people being attracted to like trans women, and women are like trans women are clearly women. Like maybe you are like 
I mean, your sexual identity is completely up to you. If you want to say you're straight, then you're straight. If you're like gay, then you're gay. But I think it's like if people are like dating trans women, it's like the complete apprehension to say you're queer is such an, a, a wild thing to me. Because I'm like, I mean, you, you could do the smallest of things and be queer. Like, I, I don't think it like coming out or like figuring out you're queer has to be like so monumentous. You could just be like queer. Like, I think that queer is like a lot less pressure than people think it is um, well not, to, not not if you talk to the homophobes and the transphobes out there to them it is yeah. everything it is oh it is sin don't you know that you must die which i think is like you know so much internalized homophobia and like societal pressures that make it like like embracing queer is such a big thing but i think mostly everyone is queer like i think queer should be the default because i don't know like even if you think of like kissing a, a friend who might be the same sex i would be like you know, that's kind of that's kind of queer, um, but I think I think it's like you either think that there is so like a lot of pressure of coming out and like defining a thing, and you don't have to define it either. That's the thing, or it's like society says it's bad. That like I think a lot of people are yes. apprehensive. Yeah, see, so the, the defining thing. So I actually, it's funny. I actually saw a tweet recently that was quote tweeting another tweet. That was being very strict about whether you can define yourself as being lesbian or sapphic, or defining your relationship as lesbian or sapphic or WLW. And the quote tweet was like, "Why are we coming to this point where the labels are being are becoming so important? Why can't we just live our lives?" And I kind of yeah. I I I, I, I don't want to say I'm coming at this from the perspective of a cis het man. I I I'm just I'm just you know straight guy. So you know. But I feel like maybe don't be so strict about it. Maybe just be more loose. Like, hey, you know, just also live your lives. Like, you, you can have your label to name yourself and just know that you have an identity. But also, just also live your life. Express, yeah. express your, your, your gender identity or your sexuality. I really think so. Like, I feel like the policing, the self-policing within the queer community is insane. I think I was only, like, really adamant about labels when I was, like, early on into my queer relationship and, like am I a lesbian? Like, am I not? And like, things like that. And then being like, this is what others must define themselves by. So it can give me more structure. And like, now that I'm like, really into being gay, um, I'm like, you know what, probably people are queer, like more than they think. And I think that the pressure that I put on myself and other people put on me early on, like, I wouldn't have wanted. Just if people at like a baseline are like, I've thought about like, doing something with someone who might not be like, who might be same sex or like outside the gender spectrum, I'm like, all right, that's probably queer. That's fine. You're fine. And like, if you want to talk about it, that's great. Cause it's a hard, it's a hard time to, you know, figure yourself out. Yes. <sighs> I don't know. I think people need to be a lot more relaxed. If you want to label Definitely. yourself, do it. If not, who cares? What I think whatever you label yourself is, that's what you are. Sure. Why yeah. am I going to, I'm not going to say what you are. Yeah, I, I got that. I got that. Yeah. So. And. Then Kautzer and Carl ran into each other in the elevator where they, where they decide, you know, they eventually decide to be together officially and they walk out of the elevator, hold hands in front of the students who are just gawking at them and Otis again is like, are you gay? And everyone is texting about them now, you can see all the, and all the text pops on, screen, on the screen. Some are supportive, others are, to put it lightly, less supportive. Of this new relationship. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them are wondering if he's gay. Which, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Could not be. 
and I like I like when the the moment comes up when Kawa and Khan say at the same time, maybe we should go on a date. So it's a it's a cute little moment. It is really cute. Yeah, they're like sitting in the cafeteria after school, and they like I think um. Cal puts his hands out and Kelsa puts her hands in his hands and then they're like, should we go on a date next? And yeah, then it, it cuts to the date. Yep. And it's a very cute date. I know. So, so the whole date is basically going on, they go on the bus and going off to the Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens. Uh, I also like the moment before that when they're holding their breath in the tunnel. It's just, you know, a little adorable moment, you know? And and then yeah. and, uh, and then they're at, uh, they're at Phipps. And they have some banter about conspiracy theories and such. Just while walking around this place, and a whole lot of color on the screen too. I, you know, mm-hmm. as as you're saying, you know, visually, you know, just a lot of a lot of color. It was pretty. It was very pretty color. They're like in in this place with all these birds, and all these birds are coming and like landing on Cal's hands too, um, which he doesn't like. Which I thought was relatable. I'm afraid of b- birds. And it was clearly her idea to come there because of the animals, which he expresses yes. like after the date, which I thought was really sweet. Yes. Oh my gosh, there was also a moment when they were texting and he was like, saw a worm today. I think that was the first thing he texted and she said, send a pic and he doesn't know what she means. So he just sends a selfie and she goes, no, of the worm. <laughs> and I thought that was really, really funny. Um, oh, yeah. Their dynamic was no. so silly. It is, it is. Yes, it's so, so much chemistry. And then apparently we also learn, uh, while they're on his date, that M has told Chris to never talk to Kelsa uh, again, apparently. And Chris was just like, no. Which, of course, of course Chris is going to be like that. But also like M, because she's, so, she's mad at, at Kelsa, because she feels like Kelsa is still calling away. Yeah. And, and then as for, as for Cal and, and Otis, things are strange between them, because he, because you know, Cal is like, oh, you know, he always said messed up crap, and I just never caught him out on it, and so now it's just built up to this point. Which I feel like, you know, I can get that. I feel like when you're friends with someone, you know, you, you try to overlook certain little things that they say, even if you're like, oh, like, I don't like that. That's tone deaf. Oh, yeah. I think it's, I mean, you know, I think it's harder with, like, friends who can do a lot for you and, like, Ser- serve a lot in their actions and maybe not so meet up with their words um it's always hard to be like confrontational especially if you're like i don't know how this friend will take it um if they're gonna be defensive if they're gonna be angry so i felt for cal a lot i felt really bad for him yeah and then this is when we learn where he's like oh hey you know i call a cow isn't even my real name it's Khalid, or like it's because he said, it's like Khalid. Oh, oh he's Khalid. Like a, oh, it's like Khalid. Right, right, right. And I thought I kept thinking it was ka, ka but it's like ha, Khalid. And yeah, like kind of like a ch sound. Ch- Khalid. Ha, ha, Khalid. And it's very sweet. She's like trying to pronounce it, and he's like, no, no, it's honestly okay. You can just like call me Cal. And she's like, no, that's like your name. Um, and like I, I want to say it right, and it was very sweet. It is, and because he says specifically, it's not Khalid. He says he says specifically that. I mean, I even wrote it down in my notes. It's not pronounced Khalid. It's like Khalid or Khalid. Khalid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm not getting. I think it was I'm like I think it was like Khalid. 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 Like the I was also kind of an E. Khalid. 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 Yeah. Khalid. 
And I'm sure we won't get it because she tries to pronounce his name throughout the movie, and every time he says close, but not quite. So, I know. It's a, it's a, throat, it's a throatiness I'm, my throat's having trouble with. Oh, dear. Yeah. But, yeah. And he, he even does say, it's like, oh, of course my brother gets the Anglo name. Yeah, Arwen. Arwen. Oh. And then he reveals that he found her videos, which he has kept hidden from everyone, including her mom, because she just wants to be Kelsa. So she's living a separate life here, her, her real world life, and then the life through her YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And then they almost kiss, but a couple walks by, so not quite yet. And then we're still walking around somewhere, they have fun with some colorful birds. And then after they leave, Cal uh, expresses his uncertainty over his college plans. And then he's talking about CAD, so com- computer-aided design. And he's like, you know, why create paintings and sculptures when he can create life? And I, I, yeah. I really like that, the way he worded it there. I do too, because it was like, he was talking about, he's like the knobs on like doors and like, in like bench, benches, like all the little things that put them together. Yeah. Um, I think he, he wanted to go for like computer art design or something. I know it said computer in it, because like I said, I was watching it with my girlfriend and we kept trying to figure out who was who. And when he said he wanted to go for some computer thing, I was like, that's you. Um, but I, I didn't really understand what the art design was. It seemed like it was like, Almost three D br- printing in my head. I would I would say that. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the way I would picture it as well. Which yeah, uh, you know, yeah, you know, I, you know, both of these kids just striving to achieve their dreams. I know it was really sweet. And then Halid walks her home and kisses her on the head at first, and then they just go for a full on makeout right here. They oh my gosh, I have to talk about this makeout because okay. they like leave. Um, she's like could we make out and they do and i was like finally a movie that does a high school makeout which was like rapid succession pecking and no open mouth and i was like that's like what it was when you were like 17 and you're like i don't know how to make out but they like clearly really wanted to and it was really awkward and i was like finally because you watch something like euphoria and they're just like skilled masterful oh my, oh my artists I, in bed I, and I, like, what the fuck? I have not seen that show but i just see so much stuff about it i don't know i don't i don't want to watch it like even though zendaya's on it and i love me some zendaya stuff but yeah i don't i don't want to watch it i've heard too much about it like if the actors are going to be like very sexually forward just set it in college you know yeah. when like everyone's going through their sexual liberation right. in high school it takes place, no before it takes place in high school that's right oh my god no, I wouldn't know what sex, like, the mechanics of it, and I would have been terrible at it. Oh. It's, no, I, I, oh, I, I think their making out was so cute, and then also the awkwardness of, like, they were holding hands, and, yes. like, did, like, the, either the, pe- the peck on the cheek or the forehead, and I was like, this is so uncomfortable to watch, but that's what it was like. It's realistic. Yeah. Almost too realistic. Almost too realistic. It hurts. And then Kalsa is having dinner with her mom, Celine, and then and then and then Cal is having dinner with his family, and they each reveal that they're dating someone to their own families. And then this is this is where where Halid reveals he's thinking of Pittsburgh Technical College. And I like when he's like, It's my me and his dad is like, It's your what? And then it cuts to the next scene. I thought that was a great cut. Yes. Yes, yes, and uh, I, I, yes, because then at school, then, then, he, then he gets threatened by Chris, 
and because Chris just drags him into the bathroom, and it's just basically like, "Hey, you better not hurt Kelsa, or I'm gonna beat you up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess you up." And then at the end, when she goes back to being all nice, and she's like, "Do you think I'm scary?" And he's like, "Yeah, yes, yes, yes." That was so funny. That was so relatable when she like pulls away from choking him in the women's restroom and goes, do you think I'm scary? And she's like so excited about it. I loved that. Yes. And, and also, like again, you, you like to see that be, her being uh, she's a protective friend. She's going to fight for Kelsa. Mm-hmm. And then Kelsa, her next video comes up and it's about how cis people are privileged enough to not think about gender all the time. And she mentions her new boyfriend. And this is also what she says, Chris is undergoing major boy issues because her boyfriend, Mike, dumped her out of nowhere. So she responded by showing up at his house with a paint gun and this mask and just messing up the, the, the outside of the house with the paint, little paint bullets. You know, we don't have enough um, destruction of public property in the teens. I think we need to, like, encourage it again. <laughs> Like teepeeing, teepeeing was huge in my day, back in my day. We need to destroy each other's houses again if we're sixteen. <laughs> oh my god, teepeeing! So, that feels like it's so like decades ago. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, we need to get back to it. We need to get back to it. That's our third space: is destroying someone else's house with eggs. <laughs> <sighs> and then, and then we cut to we uh, we cut to Cal, who is contending. With his own drama, because Otis is giving him the cold shoulder. And he's also still on Reddit, standing by his choice to date a trans girl. Which, you know, good for him, you know, he's still standing by that, but also Otis, you know, oh well, just his conundrum. I know, Otis, like, said something about being like, you have to choose, like, between her and yeah. him. And it's like, that's, <laughs> come that's on, shitty. buddy. No. That's not a friend. Uh, and then, then we're in the locker room, and this is where Emma is spreading rumors about Chris now, saying she and Mike broke up because she was poking holes in his condom. And I was like, "Whoa! Like, you're you're, you're shooting that to uh, be the rumors, little rumor piece? It's like that is quite extreme." Yeah, I feel like first of all, why would I want to get pregnant? Like, I'm 17. Like, that's a preposterous rumor. I have things I want to do. And secondly, with someone in, like, your hometown, I highly doubt it. At 17? Not yet. No, no, no. I heard that rumor, and I was like, if I heard that rumor, I'd be like, why does she want to get pregnant? I mean, I I know, I can can definitely see a teenage boy doing it, but not... Yeah, exactly. Not not Chris. But Kelsey overhears this. Shuts it and shuts it down fast, leading to mm-hmm. an argument and M uh, falling over a bench and, and injuring her finger. And and then I, I, I funny how when they leave the room, the quote we can mm-hmm. we can see the quote on the wall behind them, which is "I am and will always be a catalyst for change" by Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman to be elected to Congress. And I feel like that was very purposeful to have that quote be on the wall after leaving the room. Interesting. I didn't notice that. It's a it's a very quick detail, but yeah, I feel like it's I feel like you can see like how it's being like a catalyst for change here, like just in this whole mm-hmm. movie. And oh yeah, especially that moment because that's like kind of the cl- well, it like moves the plot forward in the way the third act unfolds. Yeah, 
because, yeah, because, because M just goes out of this, just storms out, and being like, shut up, you broke my finger. And Otis is also in, in the hallway, and so Otis is like, hmm, what's going on here? Otis runs off, he's scheming, M goes to the nurse, and the nurse, like, binds it with one of those splints, mm, yes, yes. and M is like, it hurts really bad. Do you guys have Vicodin? And she's like, ma'am, this is a high school. We have chamomile tea. And then when she leaves, um, the nurse like unfolds something over the door that says, just say no, which I thought was very funny. Yes. And, and then Halid goes over to Kausa's place, is chatting with Celine, and she approves of him so far. And then Kausa comes in. Oh, and then also we learn about what law of averages means exactly. Because they've used this phrase a, a three times. And we and apparently it, it means like, oh, Celine can't ask her daughter anything that an average mom wouldn't ask an average girl. Okay, you know what? When you bring it up, that makes sense. Because I meant like maybe maybe her mom didn't want to ask about like queer or trans identity. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, do moms, like, not ask their teenage daughter questions about their life? And I was like, I mean, I guess my mom didn't really ever ask me any questions about what was going on in school, so maybe that's what the law of averages is. I was like, maybe it's a comment on mommy issues and not, like, trans identity. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what it means. See, I, yeah, I, I thought it was, like, asking about queer stuff. Just like... Yeah, which now it makes sense, Yeah. yeah. And then both Kautza and Celine continue to struggle to correctly pronounce his full name. And then Celine is like, I've got cameras watching you all over this house. And and, and, and Kautza does believe that for a moment. He does. They're like about to make out. And then he's like, but are you sh- are you sure your mom doesn't have cameras? And Kautza's like, no, she was clearly kidding. And then they go right into their awkward making out. Oh my god. This was surprisingly spicy. I mean, we even have, like, the Vaseline screen going on. And they're just... I know. And they're going on the couch. And, like, he took off his shirt, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did. And it's like... And then it gets interrupted quickly because Chris captures them in the act. It's like peeking through the window. And she's like... And, and she pops up and she's like, whoa, oh my. And she's like, your mom just left and you're getting nasty already? And I love how she's making fun of them through the window. I know, Chris is having her whole, like, only commentary on them being, like, there. Which I was like, I would be so mad at my friend. I would be like, leave. Stop talking. Like, just leave. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what Kausa is like. Kausa is just like, get out of here. And Chris... Oh, yeah. And Chris is just... Chris will not stop talking, though. Oh, yeah. Chris is just being so amused by this. Yeah. I won't say, like... I can't I can't say I wouldn't take the time to maybe tease my friends a bit if I, if I caught a couple of friends just, like, in that specific, specific situation. And I'm just like, yeah, your parent is just here and you're already getting nasty. That's quite fast, but also quite bored of you. And I can get on board for that boredness. Oh my gosh, in high school too? Absolutely. If I like caught my friends in, like doing, I would be banging on the window being like, yeah! Like now that I'm an adult, you know, I'd be like, oh no, that's, they, they do their thing. They take their time. But as a high schooler, as a high when schooler. it's like so taboo, oh yeah, of course. Yes. And then Cal is checking up on her. I love that. Being like, did I do anything you didn't like? And then he asks, what do you like? He's just like, he's, he's attracted to all of her, and, you know, it's like, she's beautiful, and it's just like, I love the way he's acting there, just being so concerned it about her. It was really sweet, 
And then I love that too. She was like, also, because when he asked what she likes, she was like, I don't know. Is that okay? Which, yeah, of course you don't know. Again, yeah. you're 17. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, even when he, when he was like, did I, didn't, did I do anything you didn't like? You know, I appreciate that. Because, you know, consent is important. And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, that's an important, an important idea to, uh, to keep in mind in society. Consent is yeah. very important. Consent is sexy. Consent is sexy. Indeed. And then Cal, Calisa, and Chris go out for a walk. Cal asks about whether they support romance between humans and robots in a futuristic world. <laughs> and I love that. And, and, and Chris is just like, I, I don't care for that. Outlaw love in general. Yeah, Chris is in, in the deep stages of grief of her breakup. Yes. And then they, they go off to uh, this party. And M is also at this party, as well as Otis. There's a moment where M get where M gets cl- too close to Kelsa, and she's like, "Oh, fingers!" So, and Kelsa pulls him aside for a talk, and M is still mad. And Kelsa is like, "Oh, you know, like you show you shows Cal over me," and and apparently she, she she felt like she had first pick over him. Yeah, she says some really shitty stuff here too. She's like, "He's only dating you, you know, to be woke," which, as we know, is Kelsa's biggest fear i know and and she also says like she's like i gave up things for you and it's difficult being your friend and i'm like um that was so shitty wow and yeah that was that was really disappointing it's like can you like put the put the burden on her former friend like that i feel like i mean i don't know i never knowing queer identity was not a thing really uh for I think a Catholic high schooler in 2010, but I, I know as like a high schooler, I said probably a lot of mean things to my parents because I, I mean, I think it was realistic for high school. It sucked to see her be so mean to her friend, but like, I think when you're a high school, especially a teenage girl, you can be catty and angsty. And I was like, yeah. ugh, I wonder if Em really would have responded that way, <laughs> which kind of sucks. Yeah. And then Kalta heads to her closet and then Cal goes to follow her talks her and, and she's recovering there. Meanwhile, Em and Otis run into each other. So that's happening. And then, and then like, for Kelsa, Kelsa's like, why do you care? And, and then he's like, because, I, because I'm your boyfriend and your trans. And, she's, and she takes offense to that. And she's like, I don't need you to save me. I know. I was so sad. Because I was like, listen, I know you don't want to talk about it with people. Like, she's got the the law of averages or whatever with her mom because she doesn't want to talk about being trans but I was like I don't think he's like pointing it out as like a as a othering thing but as like a, if you want to talk about it I'm your boyfriend and I'm here and like yeah. clearly you're gonna want to talk about it to someone yeah I was really sad for him in this moment I know he, he's trying to offer up a safe space I know yeah. I feel like it's like ugh, but I I can understand like such a fragile ego especially when you're like the only trans woman in your school, which it kind of seemed like, um, yeah, from what we saw, yeah. And then for Emma and Otis, because now with Otis's push, they connive to take their revenge on Kelsa and by accusing her of invading the woman's locker room. And just like, and it's also <sighs> sad to watch because I, I, you know. Em was doing was being shitty by following along with this, but I feel like she wouldn't have done this if 
Otis wasn't there to push her into it, to be like, hey, you know, we, we can do this, because she acted wrong. She assaulted you in the, in the, locker, in the locker room, which would be a safe space for cis women. I know. It was so shitty. Like, I feel like to be rejected, you know, as a teen girl, I mean, it hurts. Um, but I feel like, I mean, that's like crossing such a line that I think even then you would know as a teen to be like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like doing an action is so much more than saying hurtful things that you can apologize for. I know. And, I, and take back. And I wouldn't admit, like, she, and she does feel bad about it later on. It's mm-hmm. just sad that you still cross that line and you can't take it back. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, M. And then, and then this is when we cut to M in the principal's office saying that Kelsa and was accusing Kelsa of attacking her. And then also, when she specifically said that Kelsa brought in her socialized male energy. And I was like, whoa! Oh my god, I know. The, ugh, the socialized whatever your gender at birth also, there's like all of that. They have like, you know, the assigned female at birth things of just being like, okay, yeah, you're whatever your cute little identity is, but you're always this at heart, which is which like is a real thing. so patronizing. A real thing that people say. Yeah, oh. that was nuts. Yeah. And then Kelsa's next video, she is just tired of this. She's like, well, I guess gender is all I'm about. Because then she says, oh, I've been banned from the women's bathroom and locker room, and I have to use this rundown gender-neutral bathroom that nobody has cleaned since the 90s. I know. It seems like it was, like, in the basement of the school, yeah, too. Yeah, Poor girl. <sighs> and then after that, that is the video that, for some reason, Halid is like, oh, how about I post this on Reddit? And... See, uh, this is my criticism of the movie. I feel like this is very contrived. I don't know why, like, why the hell would you think this was a, a smart idea to post this? When you know how private she is about her trans identity, and you know how defensive she gets, when, she, when even she's just dealing with this, this crap, just, just surrounded by her, her people, the people in her personal life, why would you think she'd be comfortable having this explode across the public and having it go viral as we, you know, it goes viral after you post it on, on Reddit? I know. I feel like it's like, you know, she doesn't like talking about like her trans identity, even to you, who is probably her closest relationship in her life presently. I feel like it's like seeing like, you know, a partner really in pain and you're like, I want to help, which is doing something that might feed the wrong machine yeah i just i which i don't like oh, I, don't I don't i don't like this writing choice i don't like it i feel like it's it's it, it, i feel like it's artificial to move the plot along i feel like we could have i don't know yeah. gone about this a different way maybe i don't know maybe maybe otis maybe otis somehow fa- comes across this somehow like some somehow and, yeah and then and then i, he, I think that like and, if and then if he blows cal, it up yeah i think if cal had like set a boundary or like maybe defended her honor to Otis in the like in the first act or something and like because he never like digs his heels in or like stands his ground then I'd be like oh he is the kind of person who would post that video online because he's like very loyal and will like fight on her behalf but like it that never really existed it seemed like he was like a very passive person so to like post it I was like I don't know. Is this the character choice? Like, I don't really feel like he would. Yeah, it, I think he would know that boundary. Yeah, it just felt out of. It felt really out of character. But 
Yeah. Now, now that's happening, and this leads up to, uh, to the argument between Tarsa and her mom, because now her mom knows about the channel. She is super mad at Tarsa for this, and she feels like, "Why do you, why are you doing this? Why are you exposing your personal life this way?" Then Tarsa points out the double standard of her mom disapproving of her channel, but being okay with her using her trans identity to make herself stand out in her college application. And then, and then Kelsa accuses her mom of overcompensating for the lack of a father figure after her dad has left. And then her mom even, even threatens to not let her go to college. And there is so, like, there is so much yelling in this scene. It is, it makes me so viscerally uncomfortable. I really, I personally really feel like I didn't, I didn't think it fit with the tone to make the scene so loud. Like, you can have the arguments, but you, it, Made it stressed me out so much. I remember, and I remember even watching it last year for the first time. Was and my mom was just like in the house, and so she was just walking mm-hmm. around, and so she was seeing parts of the movie, and even she was like, "What the hell is happening here?" Like, wh- oh, did they crank up the audio on it? When I was watching it, I, I kept it at the same volume, so, and then mm-hmm. and then and then once the yelling came up, I did have to turn the volume down. Like, it just suddenly got really loud. I had to turn the volume down. And even and again, my mom was like, who again, thought that I was watching a rom-com. She was like, what, what's happening here? Why did this get so angry? So serious. Mom, keep up. Keep up, Mom. Gotta hop in. <laughs> I know. It was like, I feel like the tone of their fight didn't match the relationship I had gotten. Like, I don't think she would have just completely taken away all autonomy from a daughter who she supported chain like transition she took away you know? she took away computer that's right she took away Kelsa's computer and i don't think i think like a parent who would be like so down and open to like having a trans son or daughter i think they would not be like that i think they'd be a little bit more chill and be like okay let's maybe talk it through or like I mean, I don't know. I think, like, taking away the internet is one thing. I think that's, like, parents do that. But the computer was crazy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, because, yeah she, she tells her daughter also to shut down the channel. And it just, yeah, it's, which really sucks. It's, just, it's, it's so much in this argument. I don't, I really, I, I felt like it could have been subdued. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then, and then Kelsa sees comments from flowing in online. With all those opinions, and then at school, then we have a few students who are disobeying the bathroom rules, and we even have like a couple guys, surprisingly, who are complaining about guys and girls being separated into different categories in sports. And and one of them was like, "Why? Well, why aren't they just separated by weight or skills?" And I was like, "What? I I don't I I I I can't picture." I just had guys saying that in in high school, but whatever. I yeah no, I definitely can't because they're all like at this point too. They're they're doing they're holding Chris is holding like a protest about the bathroom. So all of yes, to diso- it's all genders to disobey doing- disobey the, yeah. the, the tight gender rules and she, mm-hmm. and she and she, she says specifically use the bathrooms and she says specifically like you know don't use the bathroom that fits your gender identity. But Kelsa is annoyed by this and accuses her of just doing this to be the center of attention. And I just felt like it was, it was an odd thing for Kelsa to do, maybe. Like, I, I get, again, even though I, I get how defensive she is, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's still felt kind of strange for her to, especially acting the way, like, the way she's acting towards Chris specifically, who I feel like, 
like I feel like I can trust you'd have more trust in to be like, yeah, you're doing this, you know, out of good faith, and it just feels weird. Mm. It's too much drama, and I don't know. Even the way I that kind of felt like her testing. like blowing up. I think her blowing up at Chris made a lot of sense. I think like she had her mom kind of like making decisions for her, and then Cal you know doing the best but then also pointing out she's trans like i was like at that point i just want to fly under the radar and if everyone if i showed up to school and like i was the talk of everyone um chanting my name in the cafeteria and i was trans i would be like i am just trying to not disturb the peace like at all because already i'm going to be like othered and now i'm just like a project for people yeah which i think i mean i get i get your point of like it felt anti-protest. I think it would like it. I don't know if it was like anti-protest or like the wrong person was heading the protest. I can't, see, I can't tell because see, so I can I can get what you're saying about how Kelsa is feeling and how she would just want to fly under the radar. It's just that mm-hmm. specifically the way this movie portrays the protest is that we, because we we end up just because then Chris ends up just ending the protest. And I will say like, the way the way the scene ends is kind of funny when he's like, "Hey, okay, everyone, go back to." Go back to traditional gender norms. I know. It's, it's funny, but then we don't have any more of protesting. And it just feels weird for the movie to leave us off on that place. And that's why it leaves me wondering, wait, is the movie saying? I don't think it's saying it, but is it saying that mass protests aren't beneficial for the queer community? And maybe it's better to just let queer people fly under the radar? Which just feels like a weird thing to say in this current climate. But I feel like, I personally feel like the best thing to do is to be out and proud and to fight against all of the people who, who hate you because otherwise if you're quiet they'll just suppress even more and with the, the protests I feel like they rally that's, they, they energize people they rally people up both queer people and also encourage cishead people to come in and join the fight and help yeah. the queer community and it, just, it feels like a weird thing to include again I can't tell what the movie's saying that's why it feels befuddling the messaging I think that, like, if Kelsa maybe had, like, pulled aside Chris and was like, this isn't your place to do this, because um, I don't remember what she said to Chris in that moment, but I I really do get the sentiment of just being like, I'm really tired. Like, this is always going to be unfolding, and at some point, like, you know, it's years of me being the outspoken one, and, like, I don't really want to. I don't want to be the center of attention, because legislation is always going to make me the center of attention, and, like, the bathroom scene, and, yeah. you know, all of that. But I think, I think... If she had maybe pretty explicitly told Chris, like, this isn't your place to be doing this, I think it would have made a lot more sense. Because I think she was just, like, really mad with Chris, and I, I don't think Chris understood. Yeah. Which, I guess it's not her place to, like, have to educate Chris, but... I just want to, yeah. I just want to write and be part of stuff more. Again, that's why, as I keep saying, I want to write and be part of stuff more, you know. Yeah. And then, and, and then, and then Cal tries to talk to Kelsa, and he admits he posted the video... And she's like, I don't want to be saved or protected. I don't want to save you. And now people are recording to fight. And it was just like, no, no, I don't want this to happen. And she accuses him of wanting to feel morally superior. And then she, and then he, he keeps trying to talk to her. And he keeps chasing after her. And the crowd of students are following them. And then Otis comes in and joins the fight, and he is just misgendering Kelsa again, and is making making like oh sucking off joke, and and accuses her of having a mental disorder. And then Cal, which is also another popular thing for people to say, like oh you're mentally ill. Mm-hmm. 
and then they get into a physical fight when Otis shoves Cal and then Cal shoves him right back and they're, and they're grabbing at each other's hair for a moment. And I was like, that's not the way you fight if you want to fight. Oh yeah, they clearly didn't know how to fight because they were grabbing each other's hair and then being like, let go, let go of my hair, let go of my hair. And I was like, yeah, this feels like what I would assume a high school fight is, not knowing what to do. Oh, but uh, yeah, and the teachers are coming to break up the fight. Okay, you know what it reminded me of actually? It reminded me of the end of Diary of a Wimpy Kid when Greg and Rowley try to have their own fight, but it's, it's such a miserable attempt at, at a fight. I forgot about that movie. I haven't seen that movie since high school. I remember that. It is such a it is such a sight to see because you're like, oh my god, they've been gassing each other up so much and now they're going to go for it and it was just such a letdown. Oh my god. Wimpy Kid holds such a huge place in, in my in my, in my past. Like, I, I've watched those movies quite Aww. a bit. As a, That's really sweet. As a kid. And the books, too. The books are. I, yeah. I, I laughed quite a bit with the books. Uh, and then Cal comes home and finds out his parents were alerted to the fight by Otis's mom. And they looked through his search history and found the stuff about hormones. And, <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, I think it's, it's, if I recall correctly, it's a mom who says, like, is he transgendered? And, like, well, I've I heard of dad. And, and then they're also like, you're going to live such an unhappy life. And he's like, no, it's my girlfriend. And then, and then the dad is like, I told you, he's just gay. Yeah, miscommunication all around the board. I know. And... I'm I, I, like I'm I'm cringing and nervously laughing at the same time in this scene. Yeah. And and then Cal is in his goes to his bedroom and his mom comes in and he confides in her about you know these anxieties about being called gay or crazy because he's with Kelsa. And I love how the mom is like, you don't have to explain, you know, I understand. You know, you've always you you've just always been kind and you're able to see this girl for who she really is. I know. And I really liked this scene because he has on like a um, mustard yellow and a green striped shirt and his mom has on yellow and then like inverted um, like paisley um, greens. And I think her saying like you can see her for who she was like them wearing the same color kind of combo. I was like, oh, like and she can see him for who he really is. And I and then she like spoons him and they lay on the bed and hold each other. I I thought it was really sweet. Yes. Oh, my God. Watching that reminded me quite a bit of the scene in in Love Simon between Simon and his and his mom. And it, it, I haven't seen Love Simon. <gasps> I know. <gasps> oh, <gasps> should I watch it? I would say yes. I okay. I would say yes. I would say there are some parts I criticize very much, especially as as to how it adapts. The book. Mm-hmm. I'm actually planning to cover it like, this month uh, in June. Like, I'm actually gonna. I have a. I have a podcast scheduled on Wednesday with a friend oh, to cover the movie. I love that. So yeah. So nice. Yeah. So I have some issues with it. I don't, it's not perfect, but overall, I like it, and I like the place. The place has in Queer Cinema and how I feel like it was able to open it. Open it to the doors to bringing in more inclusivity in Queer Cinema. Oh, nice. In, in Queer Cinema. Oh, I love and that. Book, okay, book, I'll watch the it. Book is, the book is great, Jack. The book is... I, I, between the two, I prefer the book, but the movie's pretty good, too. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Love but, it. Okay, yeah, so I was saying before, there's, there's, a, there's a scene with Simon and his mom, who's played by Jennifer Garner, who's, you know, great in the movie, uh, and, that, and that specific scene uh, just... 
Oh, it, it touches my heart. I won't spoil it, but I feel like if anyone's listening to the podcast, I feel like you probably know what I'm talking about. And in general, I, I feel like Jennifer Garner and Josh Duhamel, I feel like they they they, they play some uh, great some pretty great parents in that movie. Oh, great! I love that. And even in this movie, I appreciate how Coward's parents are. I feel like overall like pretty supportive. I feel like like they have their own outdated views of queerness, but I feel like overall they're pretty supportive. Like even the mom specifically, like she was like she was very supportive of him having a trans girlfriend. And and I feel like even when they're like, "Oh, you have such an unhappy life," it does come off more like not like they would hate their kid for being queer or trans. But more like they're worried about the transphobia he'd face if he were trans from the from the outside yeah. world. I feel like I'm more concerned about their kid's safety. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I mean, it's not the best way of expressing it, but I, I again outdated. It, it, it's outdated. It's like that's how I saw it. Even it even, even the way they say like, oh, is he is he transgendered? Which <laughs> like yeah. when you hear that come out of, of someone's mouth, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's not the quite the quite the proper wording he'd use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, is like, well, she broke up with me, and then his his mom is like, well, she has bigger problems because she's an idiot. Oh, that was very mom and comforting son going through breakup. That was cute. Yes. And then back to school, when the principal's office and M's mom is there with M, mm-hmm. and then Celine and Kelsa, and M's mom claims to be a feminist, which is of course like. So many women out there who are like, oh, I'm a feminist, but I don't... Yeah, she went to the J.K. Rowling School of Feminism. <laughs> yes. She accuses Kelsa of invading single-sex spaces. And then I love how Celine is just able to tear Em's mom apart here. Just sticking up yeah. for her daughter. And then the principal is like, well, and this don't happen in that locker room, so I can't let Kelsa back in there due, due to the optics. But then Em, mm-hmm. who's been looking uncomfortable the whole time, I'll admit finally admits that she accidentally broke her finger. She made up the assault. And and then and then the principal suggests calling in the student mediation team. And I'm just like, who oh boy? Like I know. I didn't even I was like, what's the student mediation team? I don't even know what that looks like. You don't need to complicate the situation here. Just M admitted that she made that she made up the physical assault. And 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 then M and then M tries to defend herself by saying, like, I don't think like that. You know, whoever jumped out of me that day is not me, or at least I don't want it to be. Yeah, that was really sweet. <sighs> and, and, and I know, I can, I can feel like he's just trying to, she's trying to apologize, she truly feels sorry, and, but mm-hmm. still, like, she crossed that line still. And I, and I will say, uh, I kind of feel like the movie kind of le- it leaves, us, it leaves us unfinished with her. Like, we never get, I don't know, it feels unfinished. Like, we never get a, another moment between her and Kautza. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't tell if that's, if, if it's purposeful on the movie's part to just leave things like that, to be like, if they're not going to wrap things up cleanly, or is it just another bit of the writing that I criticize about the sloppiness? Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, it was a pretty paramount moment, and it's obvious I wouldn't want to be friends with that person. I don't think you have to be friends with that person, but no. like, how do they interact in the school hallway? Like, you know, yeah. you had a close friendship and then it ended pretty horribly because one of you was transphobic. Um, and then, I don't know, like you still have to navigate around that person for, I don't know how close they are to graduating, but like three months, maybe. Yeah. I just, 
Now, I, I can't, I, I, again, I just can't tell if, what, what another moment has sufficed. Has sufficed. Just to like, wrap things up. Just book soldier. That's what I'm looking for. Book soldier. Yeah, makes know? sense. Yeah. And then, I, I, lo- I love when Anne's mom leaves, and Selena is just like, always good to see you as she exits. I know, that's so sassy. And then Kalsa and Selene get home, and Kalsa is like, I don't want you to have to protect me just because dad refused to. And she feels like she was a burden that caused her mom and her dad to split up. But Celine assures her that there were tons of other reasons why they broke up. But Kalsa isn't one of them. And I just, mm-hmm. it's so sweet and how she's like, I choose you, who you were then, who you are now. Yeah. It's funny when Kalsa's like, law of averages, mom. And, and her mom was like, law of averages as a fallacy. I know, that was really sweet. She was like, you you weren't the reason that we were divorcing. Yeah. We had a lot of other reasons, and it's like his mistake and not yours that he doesn't want to be in your life. Yes. Um, and then I think she finally gives the computer back, which is a long time coming. Long time coming. Should have done it a while ago. And, and, then, and then Celine also says she goes on to pour love on her daughter and say that she loves everything about her. If Cal doesn't want to be with her, then that's his mistake. But she also did say, like, I'm not sorry about that video. You still need to take her down. And Kalsa was like, I did take down the channel already. And mm-hmm. only, few more, yeah. only few more months left till college. And and, and then Kalsa gets a text from Kalsa. And they go back to to Phipps. And she shows up with flowers. With, you know, nice little, you know, four circle moments. Yeah, and he shows up with wildflowers because they're unique. And his whole thing is like trying to make something that wouldn't be... Yes. Like or something ordinary, unique, and it's very cute. They're back in their little symposium or the flower place that they went on their first date. The, the botanical gardens, yes, yes. Oh yes, the botanical gardens. And end up being awkward, and then they make out some more. Yeah, which is their closed mouth kissing. <laughs> That's what they're making yep, out is. Yep, yep. And then we cut to Cal giving one last relationship update on Reddit, and we learned that Kelsa got into UCLA. On a partial scholarship. Yay! Yay! And then his parents came around to him attending Pittsburgh Technical Technical College, which accepted him. Mm-hmm. And then we have graduation time. And so, you know, yay, everyone's graduated. And this is when we see, we do see for, for the final time. I think, like, there is a little glance. I think the Kelsa shoots at, at M. But other than that, it's like, you know, like no talking between them. Just, you know, that at graduation time. Yeah, no talking. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just vibes. Even uh, even Chris. We don't get another final moment with Chris. Oh, no, we don't. So that's, huh. the last time we talked with her was at the protest. Yeah. <sighs> See, I would have liked to have another, again, just another little moment with her. Yeah. A little more Aww. closure. Yeah. And then Kauta and Halid are spending the summer together. Oh, there's graffiti, graffiti art of Billy Porter. Yeah, I thought that was so funny. Yes, I appreciated that. I was like, he he said, he's like, I'm not going to executive produce this movie unless there is a giant mural of my face on the side of a building. Yes. And then Kalsa and, and Cal go to this Andy Warhol art museum and visiting it, having time, having some fun there. Mm-hmm. Then, then we get Kalsa's voiceover. This is where we learn about her mom giving her back her computer. And she's like, you know, I'm letting myself be soft and flawed and make mistakes for the first time in my life. I truly feel anything is possible for me. 
That's where the, that's where the title drop comes. And I gotta say, I feel like this is one of yep. the more smoothly executed title drops I've seen a movie do. I think so too. Yeah. It was pretty like if you weren't paying attention, you were gonna miss it. And they put it in in a meaningful way yeah. that it was like, oh, it ha- it carries a lot of weight. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not it's not something like what are we? Some Suicide Squad? Yeah, that was awful. That was pretty bad. Takes the cake. Yeah, so clunky. <laughs> uh, when I saw that, it also made me think, oddly enough, of the Fever Code. And made me wonder, hmm, where was the, the title draft for the Fever Code, huh? I don't know. I don't think it ever came up in the Fever Code. It didn't. Oh. It didn't. But I was like, well, where would it have come up? Who knows? Uh, at least for the other... At least for the other books, you know, they have the Maze Runner or the Squash Trials. But, okay, not the Death Cure. I don't think they ever say the Death Cure, right? Yeah, I don't think they do. I think it's just, like, implied that it's like, oh, okay, that's going to cure the disease. That kills you. The Death Cure. It's the Death Cure indeed. It's just a descriptive title for uh, medical treatment. I know. (gasps) So yeah. Because there's only one medical treatment that cures death. There's only one, and it's it's whatever that one was, yeah. getting things from teenagers' brains. Yeah. And, and, and then now they talk about doing long distance. But they decide it wouldn't be feasible to maintain such a relationship. So they end up breaking up. Which, I gotta say, I actually like this. I feel like it was... I did too! It was so okay. realistic! Yeah, because... I, I was like, yeah, it's realistic. I feel like some movies wouldn't have the boldness to go for this past. Like, I, like, I like how this movie does that. Even though it, like, it's, it's funny because I feel like rom-coms, I feel like you're, if you're a rom-com, usually you would have the happily ever after, or at least happily for now. But in this, I feel like, they break up. Yeah, I think that this is honestly, in an argument, probably the most romantic way you could in this movie because yeah. it's like, after... They've had their breakup and she is like, I just like want to go to a place where I like have a clean start. And he's like, and I just want you to be happy. And it's clear it's like no malice. They want the best for each other. They have a final kiss goodbye. I know. And he like asks her what her favorite animal is. And she's like, I'll think on it and I'll give you the answer. And she like uploads a YouTube video and she answers it and she sends it to him and I was like oh yes, oh yes yes it's so that's so like romantic and like I think really realistic especially I mean I don't know I didn't really have a deep high school love but like if you have a deep high school love and you're like I still want these things and we're young and if it comes like we'll keep in contact and maybe or maybe not maybe it's unspoken like I think like the tapering off of contact over time and then maybe like you bump into each other at hometown like later on. Yeah. I feel like that's the most romantic and realistic storyline you could have coming out of high school. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just because you know, so see young, they're going off to separate cottages, and I feel like at that time there's so much, so much room for you to grow and mm-hmm. become different people, and you just, you know, gotta fo- you gotta focus on finding yourself. And maybe not, yes. not not get distracted by a long distance relationship. I know some people do it, but you know, still, I feel like you know, maybe take time to just discover your own identity, and 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 then even even when they kiss, I I, I like the editing choice to flip back to all the past kisses. It was just a nice little touch. I know it was really sweet. Yeah. It was a good bookend. Yes, and then and then this is when we have, as you said, she's her favorite animals question because you know 
Cal doesn't know that about her yet, and, and so, you know, she leaves unanswered, they both walk off, and then he says, uh, Cal ta taught me a lot, a lot of things, nothing is permanent, but I'll always be grateful for what I have. And then now Cal ta is going back to her videos, that was a nice, a nice little moment when there's a comment on her video that's like, you know, your, your video saved me. Which is it, a real thing for a lot of people when they when they look up to other queer people who are out in public like that or have like their videos like or who are online. Yeah, yeah, and it's like she's finally finding a bit of that community online yes. because she went viral, yes. which is good. And then, and then, as you were saying, Cal gets emailed to a new video from her back on her YouTube channel, and this, and then this is when she answers the favorite animal question, and she and. She says it's to, she, and she's talking about the marsh harrier, which is a bird mm -hmm. of prey, and she's talking about how it's how it's hunting and has a courtship displays, and some males will undergo a metamorphosis that changes color of their feathers from a foggy gray to the creamy brown likeness of the female. So she can say to people, her favorite animal is the marsh harrier because of its magnificent and unique sky dancing antics, and then she says, but to myself, I can say. Look at that beautiful, talented chance girl, and look how high she soars. Oh, and then that's so sweet. It is, and then that's the end. Not officially though, because well, official is the end. But then we go into the credit starting with a musical sequence. Now, okay, here's the thing. I don't think the musical sequence fits with with this movie because yeah, it's just the movie. Okay, if the movie is stuck with the first two acts as a whole rom-com tone, then it'll be okay. But then, just that third act, as we've been saying over and over again, it gets so, so solemn, that, one, that mm -hmm. suddenly jumping back to this light-hearted tone with everyone dancing, and also having Em and Otis be part of the musical sequence, just felt so driving. Yeah, I agree. It, it felt like the, like, 90s teenage films. I mean, maybe it's just because I just watched Bring It On, of, like, um, you wrap it up with a musical number, and I'm like... <laughs> Hmm, I mean, it's cute, it's, but we don't always have to do it. As, again, like, again, especially after the way I said that turned out. Yeah, seriously, yeah. yeah. Also, that couple who we seen earlier, when they were, like, kind of, like, flirting and they're on their seats, had returned back for this uh, musical sequence. Oh, yeah, the, the ones who were, like, the nature, dating. The nature documentary-esque flirting. <gasps> yeah, they made their little cameo. They got, they came back. Yeah. That's <sighs> Yeah, so that's the musical sequence, and then that's that is the movie. Anything is possible. Yay! It was a fun movie. Great movie. Yeah, you know, I, I, again, you know, I I will still push for people to see it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, I, I see I see some things go viral sometimes on social media. Like for example, the Good Doctor just out of nowhere just went viral, <laughs> especially with the whole I I I am a surgeon meme, which is like so cringy to watch, and I'm just like. Stop it with this uh, horrible artistic representation. Stop it with the overacting. Oh my god. And it's like... I know, and, there was... Ugh. And also... There was like one one scene that went viral too that was like him um, FaceTiming the girl that he was dating and she's like, we're gonna sext. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, oh. I'll send you a photo and had to like explain sexting to him. And then it's like the scene pans out and you can just see him be like, okay, and he's sitting at a high top at his friend's house and he's just swinging his legs like back and yeah. forth about sexting like a kid and I was like, this is so, this is too much. Okay. And then there's also a scene in The Good Doctor of uh, of, of Sean, that's the main character, played by Freddie Heimler, 
of constantly misgendering a trans patient. Oh my gosh, yes, that scene was, oh, that scene was so bad. And it's like, this is not how autistic people act. Like, it's not, oh my gosh, I Mm, I, I have so we we can go into a whole conversation about this, and but it's like I have so many. This is not how autistic people of, act. It, it feels like I, I I should say the writers' room does not have for the show does not have people who are on the spectrum, and it comes off so clearly because I I there, there was actually a tweet I saw, and the tweet was like people who aren't autistic who think autistic people act like this. They think autistic people act like bleep loop logic. Uh, you are born as a male. You are born as a female. Computer robot. Yeah. And then, but but then, someone who is actually autistic, and then this is the same tweet. Someone who's actually autistic would think like, "Well, wait. Why is pink a color that's connected to women? Why is that connected to the gender of women? That doesn't make sense. Wait. Why are you all laughing at me? This doesn't make sense. None of you are making any sense. Why do you keep Why do you keep making fun of me? I know it's insane. I feel like the good doctor does like the first step of self like realization or like recognition and then like not like no it's like more questions on a nuanced conversation which is like why are these things in the world it's not just like like uh, this is my understanding of gender and i'm going to try to put it in a box and biological uh, sex and what you're assigned as a as a as a baby what you're assigned as a male or a female and it's just like and uh, oh my god it was such a crazy clip i i i i don't know freddie well okay i loved bates motel so like seeing the freddie highmore hate i'm well, like from, yeah from, he probably deserves it but what i've okay so i've seen freddie highmore stuff like he was in like things like uh the spiderweb chronicles and i've liked him and what i've seen him in but i just don't i don't like how he is an an actor who is not on the spectrum who's playing an actor on the spectrum also i don't appreciate how the show has supported uh, autism speaks which is a foundation yep. that's uh, it, it looks it looks all good on the outside. It looks like it's fights for people with autism, but then it's like you dig mm-hmm. deeper, and, and then it's like, oh no, it actually fights for uh, cleansing like uh, autism and being like, oh, yeah. I, like eugen- like eugenics sort of crap. Let's cure people of the autism, and it's like, oh my god, why? I know people. He's done like a lot of talks for them too, and I'm like, yeah. Freddie, and. Just revel in your Bates Motel fame. Yeah. I loved Bates Motel. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I've seen a few clips from it, and it looks interesting. You know, I feel like I. I think. I mean, I watched it in college, and so I don't remember, but I was all for it back then. So. And and I'm like, why does this have? To, why does this show have to get viral? Why can't something like As We See It on Prime Video go viral, which handles autism on so much more of a mm-hmm. nuanced level? It has. It has actors, writers, and directors who are on the spectrum. And that show is just like, yeah. and I will say, that show can get cringy, but it's cringy in a way that feels realistic. Where it's like, oh, this is just showing like how it would be cringy to deal with social, social situations if you're on the spectrum. And, and, yeah. and it's just like, that show is just so much better as we see it. And I want to get a second season, second season, but I don't know if it's greenlit. Like, I keep looking up news. Like, is it greenlit? Is it greenlit for season two? Have you seen oh, it? Have you seen it? I guess I'll we'll know. No, I haven't. Okay, it's on. It's on Fine Video, so I'd say go check out the show. Oh, okay. Good. Nice. All right, going back from the from the autism good doctor tangent there. A rant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anything's possible. Final thoughts. I thought it was. I thought. It had a lot of ground to cover, and I think that when there's a lot of nuanced conversations you can have about queer identity and identity in general, you might not, like, get to all of those points, um, but I thought, 
as someone who identifies as trans, I thought it did a really good job of, I think, the frustration you feel and also kind of feeling voiceless. Um, I just kind of wish we had sat with Kelsey's character a bit more. Sure, sure. Yeah. And what about you? Uh, again, like, like, like I was saying before, I still like this movie quite a bit. Again, it's not perfect. You know, I, st- I stand by my 65 out of 100 score, which coordinates with my 3 out of 5 star rating on Letterboxd. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could rate it higher. It's just that, again, I just have the issues with the, the script. I want the script to be polished up. That being said, I, you know, I'm still into the movie and what it's, and what it's you know, what it's aiming towards. I love the chemistry. The chemistry adds a lot. And the actors, I want to see the actors do more. Uh, I want to... You know, I'd be up for seeing, you know, Billy Porter direct more stuff. I think he has, let me look this up. He has more stuff coming up, I think. And then also, of course. Uh, yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Yes. I thought, I did Billy Porter have a hand in pose or am I just making that up? Or he was just an actor. Oh. I thought for some reason he directed too. Uh, and pose, I'm not sure. Let me look this up. But Oh, I think he was just a, I think he was just an actor. Okay, I'd be up for seeing him direct more stuff. For Zemina Garcia, like you wanna, I you know I'll be interested to see the kiss list whenever that comes out again. You know, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just double checking. Like again, it's still like no release date yet. Even like I'm seeing articles like updating the movie back in 2022 about the kiss list mm. and the cast and nice seeing you know, seeing Me- Megan Theory is the star of this. I don't think I've heard of her before. But. Hmm, I don't know if I have either. And then wait, wait, wait. Megan Theory, Parminder, Nagra. <sighs> yeah, so I, you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. And then, oh, oh okay, there's camp. Okay, so I'm, I'm seeing another box, apparently, directed by Billy Porter, Billy Porter Camp as a movie here. Hmm. About a camp, it's, a, it's, it's about a camp for queer teens, a summer camp. And then also listed, there's something else called To Be Real, also directed by, by Billy Porter. An edgy laugh out loud comedy about three queer high school seniors who go on the ultimate quest to attend their first New York Pride parade. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, yes. <sighs> yeah, so, you know, I, you know, I'd love to see this get more attention and mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, hope more people watch it. And, oh, that's why I was, I was, I was I, that's why I wanted to say for. I was, I was hoping, I want to say, I hope, because I was going to say, like, oh, I, Things like the good dogs go viral. I would love if this got went viral sometime. You know, that'd be nice to see. Yeah, that would be sweet. That would be good. Yeah. It deserves it. Yeah. Well, those are all our thoughts on anything's possible. Our whole breakdown. Yay! Now, yay! Now we can segue onwards to good word, and this is the segment where each of us get to recommend something—a book, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, music, anything we want. So, Meg, Fun. what's your good yeah. word? Ooh, great question. Um, let's see. If we're talking about TV, I finished Severance season one this week. <gasps> and holy fucking shit, that is some of the best writing I've seen yes. since Lost. And film, um, I watched Talented Mr. Ripley late recently, um, and it was like Southern Italy. So that was really Ooh. pretty on film. That's and it seems movie, like yeah. it was like an older movie. So it's like that old film. So it's so pretty. And then book, right now I'm reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which, <gasps> I mean, everyone likes. And it's, oh, it's so good. I recently covered that on the show, actually, which is funny. Oh, really? Did you like it? I think I'm like I, 50 pages in, but I'm vibing so hard. I, it's so good. I loved it. It's really, it, 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 it was, 
it's such a moving book, and I wish I read it last year, in 2022, because if I had, I think it would have been one of my top 10 books of, of that year. Oh, yay. Yeah, I love it. I like it a lot so far. Good, good, yay. Yeah. <sighs> and, then, and then seven minutes, let's go back to that, because I listed that as one of my, one of my top 10 TV shows of 2022. What what a damn ride, huh? It's just like it's a slow burn mystery, and it's like you know, what what the what what the fuck is happening in every episode? And that fine finale, oh my god, such a tense oh, finale. I know. I'm like so sad. There's not any more episodes, and I'm really hoping they don't fuck it up with the writer's strike. I, I, I um, know. Just pause. I know. Because that show needs writing, because it is so well layered. Holy shit. <sighs> yes. Yes. <sighs> Oh my god, the finale was insane. What a cliffhanger. Oof. Okay. Anyways, not gonna give that away. Yes. People need to watch that. I'm not even gonna talk about yes, it. Just watch. Yes, yes. <gasps> yeah. Ah. Uh, oh, all right. Those are your good words. And now, my good word is going to be The Greasy Strangler. It is a movie that I saw recently because a couple of my friends from Film Discord uh, saw it recently. Mm-hmm. And they recommended it, and I kept pretty much watched this because it looked pretty interesting. I didn't even watch a trailer for it. I just saw the poster, I liked the premise, read my friends' reviews, and I was like, okay, sounds intriguing. Sound, it sounds like, you know, like, it sounds like a bonkers movie. And then I go into it, and it is just an hour and a half of just, just purely bizarre. And personally, I found it to be hilarious material. I can understand why people would hate it. It's very much a movie where you love it or you hate it because it is just so okay. weird. And well, and yeah. Like, you have to say, it is weird. It goes to some strange places and it and it pulls off some, some jokes that feel like they should be so tiresome in other movies. But yet, in this movie, I was just, I was just so amused. And it is like, yeah. this, it is just like, it's like a dark comedy, it's a thriller, it also can be categorized, like, even when you look, look it up on Letterboxd, it can also be categorized as horror, and it focuses, it focuses on this dysfunctional relationship between a son and his dad, and then meanwhile, there's also a, a serial killer called the Greasy Strangler, who is roaming around the neighborhood, and you'll find out very quickly why that, why this, why this, Killer has the name uh, Greasy Strangler <laughs> when you watch the movie. Again, it is just so weird. Uh, I, rec- I, I, I recommend watching it if you want just a just 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 just, just mind boggling time. Uh, the, the the cast is committed to giving it over the top performances. The, the score, the score fits with the movie too. Like the score is also so weird. It it sounds like a it sounds like a carnival type of score, and it's and it's really good. It fits with the tone of the movie. Let me look it's up so the review. Let me look up the review I gave for it because I I worded it, I worded it, I came up with a specific wording for the for the score, but it was just uh, okay. Wait, oh. I described the memorable score as sounding like it should be the accompaniment for a clown who's getting into hijinks while high on LSD. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yeah, it is uh, It is such such a ridiculous movie, and I and I recommend it as my good word for this episode. So fun. I love it. I put yeah. it on my watch list, so. Yay. And, oh, also, where's this, where's this streaming right now? Let me, let me just look this up, just to double check. It is currently streaming on... Oh yeah, it's streaming on streaming for free on Freebie. 
So it it it, it, it won't have it won't have the ads, but you know it's on Freebie if you can access an audio through Prime Video. Nice. Yeah. Oh, well, that uh, that those are our good words, and now Meg, we have gone to the whole episode. Yes, and and thank you so much for coming back to the show for this episode. Thank you so oh much. Gosh. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. This is- Always love hanging out with you. Yes. Such a blast. And such a blast with you as well. And now you can plug your podcast, plug where people can find you online. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, my Twitter is yeehaw underscore Meg. I think that I'm that across like TikTok and Instagram too. Um, and if you want to come hang out and listen to Laura and I talk about young adult books, um, we're starting Jenny Han's season. And then um, we have a pretty big author on that I, I think that Laura will kill me if I spoil, but she's going to come talk to us in July. Um, we're Yaw We Read It on Twitter and TikTok. And then on Instagram, we're Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. So that's where we are. Nice, nice. And I, and I always love hearing about that, like authors coming on. That's, you know, that's very exciting, you know, to have, have authors come on your show like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'll tell you who it is, but I can't I can't tell other people, I don't okay, think. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore status critic. You can follow my personal accounts on Twitter, Good Pods, Storygraph, Letterboxd, and TikTok at Archer underscore ant18. You can find me on Goodreads at Archer Havel. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email two sensecritic at yahoo.com. You can also check out my blog at two sensecritic.com. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, GoodPod, all of those services. And make sure you do the ratings and reviews especially because they help to move us podcasts up the charts. And I always say this on every episode, but I have to say it because it's important, especially for new listeners to come on here. Come on, gotta give, this, gotta give them the encouragement to, you know, just help us any podcasters. You have no idea how even just like one, one rating and or review can help. That is true. Yes. You gotta give give us five stars, always. Yeah, it's a few minutes. Yeah. And once again, thank you so much, Maggie, for coming on here. It's always fun to have you and Laura on the show. Yeah, well, thank you for asking me to come on for Pride Month. I love it. Yay. I'm so excited. <gasps> and until next time, stay healthy and stay strong. <laughs>